I've paid all the dues I'm going to pay. Yeah. But this is not Shuley's Comedy Hour. AJ, we're going to let you answer the questions here. I was a little worried because there got to be a problem with our feed. You know, we're making a deal with a company and there's going to be some, you know, improvements and, and uh, you know, scaling out SOVAM a little bit and all nice fun things. But somehow, some way, the Shuley Hour, the Howard Stern alum, right? Yep. Got somehow injected into our feed. And what I was thinking was that this was AJ finally making that run at being a professional comedian. <laughs> That's what I thought. You want to explain? I wish it were that easy. No, there was a, we're, we're switching over our hosting platform for the podcast. There was a mistake in the link that got sent. Mm-hmm. And there's been a crossing of the wires. And I apologize. I, I, take full responsibility for it but Um, it wasn't intentional it was not intentional because i thought you might have showed up at the end of shuley because i mean here's the thing i think shuley lives in alabama now yeah here's the thing i'm funnier than shuley well i mean do you agree or not yeah generally yeah like i've never i've never thought shuley was that funny okay so somehow that's a cut am i funnier than you are you funnier than me no do you realize there's like no one there? Uh, there's there's like three people in the country I, agreeing with you right I, that's now. That's all right. I'll be in the minority. Scott, right. how would you but rate? You're Scott's boss. You anybody you ask here is you're their boss. What are they going to say? Apparently, it doesn't stop you from lying about. Well, it. you tell me not to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Be honest, Scott. <laughs> I think you're both funny. No, no, no. Be honest. I laugh at both of you. Stop fighting, <laughs> mommy and daddy. <laughs> yeah. You laugh with me. Not you laugh at. <laughs> see, see, uh, but. Oh, everybody should be, the feed should be getting back to normal in the next 24 to 48 hours. That's the hope. Well, they won't hear this till it is. They will. So you can back still to hear normal it. now. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. I'm joking. Here's what we're going to do. And who knows how you're hearing this, but this is all about AJ getting his balls busted. Because he was the guy that <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said last week that you were Pollyanna and you said, are you calling me a pussy? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that was good. That was about as good as it. That that was funny. <laughs> That's unintentional here. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're doing. We're gonna throw this baby into SOVAM that feed. And you know what? Check it out if you haven't before. And you might be hearing it there, right? And if so, you can laugh with us and write AJ on Twitter and tell him he's crazy. You're listen. You're funnier than an average person. Okay. Guys, you you understand comedy. Do you ever laugh at AJ? I mean, with him? Yeah. When? All the time. AJ is very. Why does your voice go real high? Like yes. That's what happens when he's lying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's hilarious. For example, for example, did you did you make a bridge jumper bet on Purdue? Yes. Say his voice is low because that's the truth. Uh Would you do it again? In the right circumstance, yes. His voice went up. Exactly, exactly. See, that's funny. That was not funny. That was funnier than you. That was not funny. Uh All right. So anyway, I'm going to tweet it out. Maybe you saw it there. If you did, check out SOVAM. That would be the place it points to. And the normal feed should be up and fixed after. So it didn't work. The comedy didn't work, and you're back. Yes, welcome back. All right. Now, speaking of uh, hot See that transition? Mm-hmm. 
Scott Seidenberg. This guy plays sides. He plays totals. <laughs> See? <laughs> but the reality is, coming into tonight's action, we're taping on Tuesday night, he had a 12-0 run. Now, it looks like you're not going to stay undefeated from the scores. No one ever does. I know. that That is true. But 12-0 coming in, you're going to be still on a super hot streak. And this is your time of year. Baseball, you've started hot. So baseball, early year, especially a guy that that gets into the players. You know, I'm a. I think team handicappers do better later. Player handicappers do better earlier. Would you agree with that, Fez? Generally, yes. Yeah, and I think you're a player guy. I yeah. mean, not that you're only that, but you mm-hmm. have that that gear. Also, hockey is one of your best sports. Coming into tonight on the season, up over twenty units. And the playoffs are starting here in two weeks. So there's the end of the re- – how do you find the regular season to be typically the end of it in hockey? Is it is it opportunities? Yeah, there is. Uh, there's opportunities with teams that are fighting for playoff seeding versus teams that are kind of just playing out the strings here, maybe calling up a goaltender from the minors to get some playing time here late in the year. So you can definitely take advantage of certain situations here in the final week and a half of the season. All right. Because I'm a big believer in the years are opportunities, right? And some people, it's too confusing. I like the, the Week chaos. 18, the NFL. I love Classic that. example. Love that. Okay, so here's what we got. You can get the baseball through the All-Star break. You can get the baseball for the season. You can get the hockey for the playoffs and the end of the regular season. Or you can get uh, 90 days of both baseball and hockey, which then covers all the hockey. So effectively, you're getting the hockey playoffs and 90 days of baseball, all with their own discounted price. I won't bore you with it. You can check at the site, pregame.com, go to buy picks, and Scott Seidenberg. But here's the beauty, special offer, $77 off. Regardless of those, whatever package you decide to buy, FIRE 77, F-I-R-E 77, gets $77 off. That's good through this weekend, and then it's not good anymore I'll tell you, honest to God, and, you know, we're recording this pod after, or this intro after, Scott had a couple points, Fez, he's rounding stuff off, he's talking about V-Fip, it's like he sounded like, I mean, this is a guy who, he specializes in his sport, I mean, he talks football fine, but it's hockey and baseball. Well, he loves this stuff. He He loves loves it. it. He would, he would, RJ, he would watch this stuff without being paid for it. Yeah, well, that's crazy. I mean, amazing. I mean, I wouldn't. How much would you have to pay me to watch hockey? I know people love hockey, but can't like, see the puck. Where you, is it? Do you watch more baseball or hockey? Well, now I watch more baseball. Baseball. Both are going on. Yeah, I watch more baseball. But you love hockey. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, AJ. Baseball is my first love, though. He forced us to talk hockey once on SOV. It was crazy. I mean, it was like ninety seconds. Yeah. I don't like it, but I like winning. And a good season. All right, so enjoy that, Fire 77. This pod, McKenzie, let's just say this. McKenzie might have been the uh, the third best person on the pod, I think, Fez. I'm not saying who's first and second. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not calling you a pussy, though. (laughs) Enjoy the show. What does that mean? We got college basketball recap. NFL, three different teams that Fez has an eye on, we'll say. 
We got the NBA update from McKenzie. That could be 30 seconds long. We'll see how he does. Masters, a little talk. Baseball, we got a red-hot capper here. And then Fez is in the news again. It's, it's never about – I guess this is about winning, isn't it? So if you know the story, you're going to get the truth, the full story at the end of the pod. If you don't know, I'm going to spin a tale that you're going to enjoy. To my right, A.J. Hoffman. What are you doing now that college basketball is over? How's your XFL handicap? Oh, miserable. I, I'm the, I I watch so much XFL and every like I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, this is so terrible. This is bad football. It's not it's not any worse than college basketball in It's worse. It's worse. Wow. It's exceptional football. It's just that <laughs> I, I got I'm gonna take the blame here. I'm eleven and seven in the XFL. Every that, that's you taking the blame. Every play that AJ and I align on, everyone has lost. I'm not kidding. Every one. No, Steve, no offense, but you understand that's him being the jinx, right? Yeah, that's me being the bush. Am, am I right? Which I mean, are, you got to be. Every one of your losses I've had, right? So what you're effectively saying is when when AJ and I agree on a pick, I can't win. When I don't agree with him, I can't lose. That is that's exactly taking, correct. That's you taking the heat. AJ, AJ liking the same game as me is basically an anchor on me. Yeah. Is what it is. Yes. That's you taking the heat, you thought. Yep. <laughs> And Scott Seinberg, who I think, think, I think Fez is a little off on that. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. <laughs> now you, I, I just heard whispers of this. Then it, it got louder. You know, you ever hear like in those horror movies where it's like, mm, like people go, meh, 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 and then it goes, meh, meh, and it gets louder and louder and like Hitchcock. What's your run in baseball? I don't know what's going on. What's going on? Uh, coming into today was have been on a twelve game win streak. 12 straight. 12 straight coming in. And then today. you lost today. Yes. I also won today, but lost yeah, today. Yeah. Yeah. So your record is like like 13 it's and It's going to be like 13 and two last 15 games. <sighs> Pretty good. You, I mean, you've had like three or four. I mean, it seems like the streaks come naturally with you. I, I am very streaky. Uh, it, I, I tend to pick up on some trends, like the way things have been playing out, and then ride them until they, until they don't work. Of all the games you release your clients – since you came to pregame.com, what is the longest after a game ended that you saw the final score? Meaning, let's say an extreme case would be I didn't see it till the next morning. Yeah, that never happened. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking you. The what, longest? Yeah. Has it been 20 minutes? Probably not. <laughs> so not one game's been over for 20 minutes that he didn't have the score and chalking yeah. up. Yeah. I like. I mean, in a way, I think you got to start that way. Fez, you were kind of like that. Until like my mid-50s, I was completely that way. And now, but I don't think it's about your mid fifties. I think it's about you've been doing it on the content side long enough that you know you're gonna, you, you feel good, you're gonna win, and you, and you're gonna let everything smooth itself yeah, out. Yeah, and it's true with my own betting, yeah. as well. And that it's like, like I can bet on Hawaii and just go to sleep, and I don't even check the score. I just check the account I, I mean, bet it on, times where and like I can I, tell by the balance whether it won or lost. I'm not saying I'm watching every game or no, or checking in live, but like as far as like when the game's like if over, you're out on a date, yeah, and and you check. Oh, it, I like, check the score. Yeah, that's how good is the date, and and they know. <laughs> they know, but they know what I do for a living too. So I tell them. Hey, listen, the word low advice, low order. The worst thing to do is deceive them. If you want anything long term, meaning if you like someone, show me. Like, yeah, I, the girl who actually helped, you know, find found pregame with me. I mean, she she was there, but she was very good. Her name was jo- or is Jocelyn. 
is, um, the, you know, she had a great success in Silicon Valley before I met her. Mm. And we started hanging out and dated. And the first time I took her out, I took her to McDonald's. And I said, listen, I don't want to, no, no. I said, I don't want to, I don't want to mislead you, (laughs) (laughs) but you can order anything on the menu. You know that I I haven't told this, this quick story in three years. There was back, this is back in like 2000. So I just moved to town. I was, you know, in my, what I would have been like 26, 27. And I was hanging out down at UNLV, right? That's, uh, you know, that's who I could relate to. You know, I was getting a little older for that. And I, there was a girl who just said, you know, again, I don't know. You guys got some crazy math equation that I don't fully understand. Half your age Let's plus seven. Let's see if this is right. So I would have been 26. Okay. And she was 18. So. Half your age plus seven. So 13, 20. Oh, no, that would have been 20. Oh, that would have been no yeah, good. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, yeah that's bad. It but was, but it, if it was good. Let me say it. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, in, in, in four years, it would have been perfectly good. It would have fit the model. No, it was good. <laughs> so. So what I was saying, went right over Fez's head. <laughs> what I was, what I was saying is, four years would have done it no favors. <laughs> so we hung out for, but it was quick. Like it was like all, you know how August now all the seniors. She, she was going to school in Fort Collins. Uh, what's that, Colorado, Colorado State? Yeah, Col- um, yeah, Colorado. No, Colorado Springs, Colorado State. Fort Collins is. I don't look that up. And I think it was Colorado anyway. And the 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 weird thing was her family had been working class. What was? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was working class. And then her dad hit some, not the lottery, but some business thing mm-hmm. that they moved to like a fancy McMansion place, but it was just in the last year. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of highfalutin all of a sudden. Mm. I didn't know her before, but you know, and one time, like we only went like out three or four times before she left. But one time I took her to Suncoast or Sunset Station and they have the great two for one coupons, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm buying on me. I give him the coupon, you know, whatever, whatever. We eat, you know, all the food you want, dessert, all the soda you want. You took me on this date once. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it was during March Madness. Yeah. Exactly. I need to get me one. And of I know coupons. you didn't pay either. No, I didn't. But here's the thing. She had a good time, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then when she went away, she kept calling. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to talk too much. You know. So she kind of took it wrong, got mad at me. So one time, about a month later, we Uh-oh. hadn't talked. She leaves. I, somehow my answering machine was working, which it never did. She left a voicemail. And she goes, I want to tell you something. Blah, 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 blah. And you can take that Sunset Station coupon and shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. This, this was like three months before. <laughs> Wasn't going to work. Hmm. Haven't seen her since. I don't even remember her name. All right, check your answering machine. Maybe it's on there. Still. Oh, I wish I had that. Actually, I really do. Call her back. Hey, I missed a call from you. <laughs> Are you in town because yeah. of sunsets? Somebody. It said it's kind of garbled, but it said something about Sunset Station coupon. I, That's funny. Or I could say, you know, things aren't going great. We can't do Sunset, but Boulder Station. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Their fried chicken's pretty good. The Longhorn. <laughs> All right. Let's get started college basketball. And I don't want to, I, I only want things that are different and exciting. I don't want, well, Connecticut won by more than 18 points. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, Connecticut can be this same team again next year. Uh, they, they, there's a lot of potential for them. A lot depends on the decisions that get made. 
Jordan Hawkins, namely the decision that gets made. He's their star guard. If he comes back, decision ba- about what? About the NBA. I- yeah, sorry, uh, but Tristan Newton, the only senior uh, that really matters on that team. Uh, their front court is all going to be back next year. Suppose I mean Sonogo is not an NBA uh, player, but if Donovan Klingon and Alex Caraban come back, they pin, they piece in a couple guards around those guys, or they they convince Hawkins to stay. But but here's the question: If the tournament started over, mm-hmm. no health issue, meaning no one got hurt, got hurt. It's we go back in time. What's Connecticut? Are they the favorite? No. Yes. No, they're not. Yes, you, they are. Who do you think the favorite is? It's it's still going to be Alabama. Like people don't like to say this because it, it it devalues what Connecticut did, but Connecticut caught a lot of breaks along the way. Like oh, you win by eighteen. I don't know if you. No, heard I'm talking by. 18. I know. I'm talking about the path of the teams that they ended up having to play. Like Gonzaga ended up being the best team they played in the entire tournament. They avoided like the top five or six well, but teams Arkansas the entire time. To, Kansas wasn't a big drop. I don't think. I mean, Kansas was like the, a top three team in the country. You thought so. I, 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 I can change your mind on this. Okay. But one question for you. San Diego State, do we feel that they are better at the end of the tournament or worse after the round of 16? Do we think that they're... After the round of 16 or after... Compared, after, after the first two games in the tournament or now, do we think San Diego State is a better team or worse? Better. Better. AJ, do you agree? Better. Okay, you see where I'm going. No, I don't. Okay, so in the round of 16, San, the San Diego State team played the aforementioned Alabama team, and Alabama was laying seven. Mm-hmm. In the championship game, Connecticut was laying seven. All right? Okay. But Alabama massively underachieved, and Connecticut crushed San Diego State. So if these teams were perceived well, but, to be but equal— hold, hold on a second. Connecticut played San Diego State at the end of the tournament, mm-hmm. so they had the all the wins they had. If, if San Diego State and Connecticut had played in round two, the line would have been like three. Exactly. Okay. But that's irrelevant. Now, how good well, are they now? Yeah, okay. But what I'm saying is that, line, we re- I, that line against San Diego State took into account all of Connecticut's wins. Oh, okay. Maybe I misunderstood the question. Yeah. I, I was saying if we replayed the tournament in April, okay, we started yeah. again today, yeah. Connecticut would be favored. No, I agree if we replayed it No, back. no, but yeah. what, what, what I'm saying is w- w- let's assume we learned what we learned from this tournament, then we replayed it, meaning anyone could win again, right? Yeah. It, it was a reprise, all right? We did it a second time. But we have this data. We have this data. So, and the data says that, that both teams were laying seven against San Diego State, mm-hmm. and Alabama fell on their face, and Connecticut crushed them. So, Connecticut would be, their power rating would be go up and Alabama's would well, go down. Well, there's one thing, I, I, first of all, I think it's strong logic. I think you're missing one key point. Mm. The championship game has a different batting group. And I think that that after seeing this dominance, if there's any college basketball game the whole year, the public's going to be on that hot, hot It's a good team. point. I mean, maybe it's a point, right? And the opener was six. So yeah. that maybe, you know, boom, That's an better. interesting point, right? Yeah. So for example... An example of how UConn's uh, field fell out in front of them. Mm-hmm. This was one of the times that Fez would have been wrong Go because ahead. you could have gotten UConn 20, 25 to 1 as a, a future. And the mechanical parlay was lousy. Like eight and a half to 1. Yeah. Completely wrong on that. Which does, well, not wrong. It's just an exception to the rule. Yes. Yeah. Right. But but I do think the tournament is a time there's more of that because once some teams get hot and it changes the mentality. Like, you don't get those long-shot odds. I mean, look at the idea of um, the Florida Atlantic team being pretty much – well, I guess they were, what, three, two and a half at the end? Yeah, two. Yeah, but but that, you know, that line wouldn't have been that in round one. No. So, 
It's a great point. I have a um, a unique take. Go ahead. You're probably not going to like it, but it's interesting. Go, oh, then, then I'll like it. I have a comp for this Connecticut team. This Connecticut team lost eight games. Okay. They murdered everybody in the tournament. They're clearly the best team. Here's my comp. The 1949 City College of New York, which won the national championship, had a— Terrible comp. Had well, hold on a second. Was that the point-shaving team? It was. All right, go ahead. So here's a team that did lousy all year long, all right? They weren't seated. They barely made the tournament, CCNY, and then they beat Kentucky by like 40. They just clobbered everybody. I'm not saying anything nefarious was going on, but isn't it interesting how poor Connecticut played during stretches of this year, mid-year, and how dominant they were, like that CCNY team was at the end of the year? Well, first off, point shaving means you're a big favorite and you win by nine instead of 13. Oh, they, 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 didn't, they lost outright. They didn't care. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. That's so probably, they didn't just, yeah. It's probably not that. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was? Or you just don't think they're that good? No, I do think they're good. Uh, I, I think that. Did they lose? Did they lose an inordinate amount of games during the? They lost a. So they lost eight games all season. Six of those games they lost in an eight-game stretch, and the. So it was a bad run. It was a bad run, and that's gonna like the idea that every team that wins the tournament is gonna be like you know Gonzaga going undefeated or and they well, didn't Gonzaga win the but, doesn't win right. But getting to the championship game without a loss, it's like it's a rare thing. But so eight losses for such a dumb. I mean, like the, based on the tournament, they're saying like North Carolina and 09. I mean, there's a this is rarefied air. Yeah, yes. but this is one of those examples of we talked about this pre-flop that Connecticut was underseeded according to uh, to Ken Palm. Like m- analytics still said this was a top five team in the country coming into the tournament. Okay, despite being seeded fourth, you know it's a like they're. So what's they're, your point? They're good. They're just. They lost games. Good teams lose games sometimes. Good teams have bad runs. So you believe that they would be amongst the favorites but not the favorite in the yes. tournament? Now, here's the other thing. What have we learned about Alabama? And there's, you know, there's... Well, Brandon Miller putting up nine points in the championship yeah. game. Yeah. Not ideal. He was a shooter, right? No. He shot the basketball. What are you talking about? Uh, not very much. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> he just brought the basketball. Wait, wait. <laughs> He brought the basketball. Someone else shot it. <laughs> what was the name? Wasn't that on Hoosiers? The guys who was shooter? Was it? Was it the drunk? Was it Dennis Hopper, the drunk guy? I think so. Oh, that's a great. If you're in Indiana and you're an old school guy, and it's like shooter. <laughs> I mean, one what kind of jumper he had. It had to be great to get that name in Indiana. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. just saying. Yeah. All right. Score. Or it could be shots. Based on I think it the had, character. Or maybe he was slamming like yeah, Matt yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it could who knows? I mean, let's be honest, he was haggard looking. Oh yeah. Mm. Like he looked older than Dennis Hopper should have looked, like it, at that point. Like I've always known Dennis Hopper as an old guy, but when I think about when that movie was made, I'm like, why does he look so old? He's not even that old in this movie. That's what Harry Dennis what, Hopper's one of those guys that's like he's never been young. I've never seen him young. <laughs> Yeah, Easy Rider. Yeah, he was older. He, I tell you, there's some good Bob Costas interviews with him that was really good. He talked about Apocalypse Now. I, I like to watch, it was later it was called. Bob Costas was on After Letterman uh-huh. for like three, four years. And it was I loved that show when I was in college. All right. What else we got in college basketball? Anything? Oh, we got next year's odds. Yeah, next year's odds are out. Connecticut is the favorite to win the national championship next year, 12 to 1 is the number you could get on them a lot better than the uh, the 80 to 1 you could have got on them coming into this season. But again, they've got a chance to bring a lot of guys back. I wanted to, I'll give one team that I like and I want to give a warning about 
the way these numbers work. Yeah. Alabama's a perfect example of this. Alabama's l- losing their four best players, including one guy who's going to be the third pick in the draft, more than likely, in Brandon Miller. They came into last season 30-1. to They were the number one overall seed in the tournament. Losing four guys, now their odds are 22-1 to going into next season. Beware, like, don't just look at the brand name and say, oh, they were really good last year. They'll, they'll run it back. It'll be the same. It's not the same thing. But let me propose the following. I think you're right. But with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. I think it's a situation where the teams with big brands, and by definition, you're saying they're being bet because of their brand, being bet because of recent good performances. Yep. Let's not forget, in that area of the country, especially Alabama means something, roll tide, right? Yeah. Won't they be like the almost like USC was – in bat in football, when the coach comes in, clear cleans house and says, "Hey, ta- t- we want talent, baby. If you were talented, you wanted to go to U. Or many wanted to go to USC. Won't some of the best transfer portal basketball players want to go to Alabama? Yes, but there's still like, and this this phenomenon happened at Texas when I worked there. KD came, and it was KD was by far the best player in the country. He had no reason to go to Texas. He was from Maryland. Fairly, he wasn't better than Odom. He was better than no, Greg. Not in not in not in college. No chance. I mean, Odom was the number one pick, and it wasn't even a debate. It was a debate, first no, of all. No, it wasn't. I'm telling and you. And Kevin Durant was a better college player than Greg Odin. He was a national know. player of the year. Like it wasn't uh, was he the national as a freshman? Yeah. He could only bench press like 40 pounds. But the and, the point of the story well, was no, exactly. Well, well, first of all, if I think something's wrong, the story won't continue until okay. we talk it through. But if he was national, Mackenzie, check that. Go ahead. But the the thought was at Texas, they them getting and Kevin Durant said, "I want to be the guy who puts Texas basketball on the map." In in eight weeks, I'm here. In the eight weeks, I'm here. In a way, it opened the door for better recruits to come along, but it did not. It did not make Texas suddenly this destination for the the best player in the in the country every year. Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, they're still going to get those guys. So I I think Alabama's it's Brandon Miller's opened the door for them to get elite talent, but I don't think it's just going to come rolling through like it's Kentucky or North Carolina now. You know, not only was I wrong about this, I don't think I could have been more wrong. Kevin Durant received unanimous recognition as the National Player <laughs> of the Year as a true freshman. Durant was the first freshman ever to win any of the national player. Now, did anyone did, did Durant or did um, Odin win any of them, or is this just one of them that's based in Austin or something? Well, you remember, the, I, I said I started this about, conversation with I worked there, I was covering yeah, him. So, but you year. talked about who was going to didn't you talk about you're talking about who was going to go number one though? Who no, cares? No, no, I was saying oh. who was the better. I mean, because like Tyler Hansbrough won best player of the year. That was the following year. But there wasn't, I mean, what I can assure you is there wasn't a debate. Bill Simmons was a huge Durant guy. And he said, you know something, if I was the GM, he goes, I think I'd want to pick Durant, but I wouldn't have the guts. So it was like the biggest mm-hmm. supporter in all of basketball media said he wouldn't even have picked him. So I'm not saying in hindsight it, it's an easy decision, but I think you had that Austin bubble in that regard. Maybe so. That's possible. Um. Mackenzie, did we find anything out? Well, we'll get back to it. Let's assume I somehow salvage this a little bit. We'll, and I we'll assume RJ's and right. I, no, 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 no. I'm saying just salvage it just a little bit. 
<laughs> I could have ignored that. I could have cut that out. We don't add it for content, it's but true. still. But no. Because I don't I want people to know when I'm right 99% of the time, I'm right 99%. <laughs> right or wrong? That's true. But sometimes maybe I'm not right and I try to bully. No, I don't. All right. I'll give one example of a team where I think there may be some value on an on an early number. And I know Fez will say there's no value. And well, remember, the, we know a lot of people are going to bet futures. So we want to have them bet them as effectively as possible. Though we can say, you know, these are tough to beat. I bet three futures last night. In what sport? College basketball. Really? I did. Well, let's get AJ's and then you, can you give us at least one of them? Or I'll two give you all three. All right. Let's go AJ first. And let's hope you, AJ doesn't agree. No, wait. In basketball, I think it's fine. So Texas last year came into the season as 20 to 1. Mm -hmm. They lose Chris Beard. That's the big loss for them, who's now at Ole Miss. Rodney Terry, the new coach. All the players seem to love Rodney Terry. They're opening the season 34 to 1. They've got one starter, Tyrese Hunter, who's tentatively announced for the NBA draft. He's like he's not hiring an agent. He's retaining eligibility. And Rodney Terry apparently has had a relationship with a kid for the last two or three years named Trey Johnson that is the number one— What was his name before that? <laughs> the number one <laughs> overall recruit in the country. And apparently it's up to the point where Rodney Terry and this guy text every other day. So they may have backdoored themselves into the number one recruit in the country. Has he ever taken her to Sunset Station or taken him to Sunset Station? Imagine Trey Johnson saying— <laughs> F your school and F those two-for-one coupons. <laughs> All right, so what you're saying is you think they're going to get this kid, and he'll and this will be for next year? Yes. Okay, and if so, what what do you think the odds are with this kid? I Probably probably back to 20-to-1, to 1, what they were last year. And the current number? 34-to-1. Oh, so you're on the come for that, you know, where you're like, go the, So this team still finished top five in Ken Palm. There was no drop-off after, mm -hmm. after Chris Beard left. They actually went from six to five in the time that Rodney Terry took over as the coach. And the fact that these players all rallied around him and actually fought for Rodney Terry to get but, the job. But, but Terry's not as good a coach as He's Beard. not, but he's got the players bought into him. And that's the, this, I mean, this team's built on talent. It's not like Rodney Terry's some great coach, but the talent that Chris Beard brought in all wants to play for Rodney Terry. You know, back to that Connecticut conversation, it is interesting. Ken Palm has his final ratings out, and he, he does have Connecticut number one. Um, but it was that's two two points better than Houston, UCLA, Alabama, and then Texas number five. Hmm. So I guess it ties up both stories. It does. Okay. Fez, what are your future bets? Well, to say they're mine. Well, wow, Vito's. What's Vito's future? Vito says bet Duke twenty to one, and I did last night. Ooh. So you're given – now, is this – let's explain how when these futures make more sense when it comes to the, the saddle-ups and stuff. Yes. So like you're we, all, we always say if you have to post up, which you do in the mm -hmm. regulated books, it's it's a real negative. They get to hold your for money. For a year. For a year. It's going to be a full year now. All right. All right. So right? what do you think the odds – like in that Duke bat – you got 20 to 1? Yes. What do you think the odds really are? What do you think? Like, Forget what you think Duke's odds are. What would the odds have to be for you to fire? Meaning, like, the true odds. Would you fire if it's 14 to 1? No. The All true right. odds probably are right around 13, 14 to 1. And that's your firing at 20 to 1. So yes. you are firing with that. This, that exactly. That. And we've got a blend of some books here. Fed's got a really good number on that. Well, yeah. Okay. 
Of course. Um, what's the current number? Uh, there's a 16, a 10, a 12, and a 13 at the books that we shopped. So we we have like four or five books we shopped, and you got something that's double one of them? Well, part yeah. Um, you would have gotten a better number, William Hill, but I moved the number last night. Well, la-di-da. La-di-da. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I do. Well, let's finish those bats, and then we can talk about comedy for a second. Go ahead. All right. I got Michigan State, 80 to 1. Okay. I think Izzo's pretty good. And I hear from Vito that they, he has a good cast of characters coming in. Okay. Okay. And finally, I played North Carolina, 50 to 1. So at least you went with some, um, you know, long shots. I, I went long North shot. Carolina, I, went, I went blue blood long shots. All right. So, I mean, the numbers are long shots. Boy, I don't like North Carolina. I mean, just in general, a team that doesn't want to play in the NIT, how much do we expect? Oh, no, that? I do like that because there's a team they, there's a team that is, has a that dedication to excellence. No, yes. no, no. Seems like Hubert. They were Seems de- like he's coaching for his job, yeah, too. If they, were de- if they were dedicated to excellence, they wouldn't be in the NIT. When you're in North Carolina. Fez, when, AJ when, did not like North Carolina. No. When you go to the NIT, the upside of the NIT, much like when you get when you get asked to play in some crummy bowl game. You get the practice time. You get practices. Mm-hmm. And North Carolina said, we don't need extra practices. Yeah, We're, I don't like that at but all. What we need to do is buy some recruits like that that, that Shaq <laughs> movie, Blue Chips. What's the current? Yeah, what's well, the imagine current the odds you could have got on Western University. Uh, North Carolina. It's funny. If he, if he Did you bet all these at William Hill? I did. So at William Hill last night, Duke might have been twenty to one today. They're sixteen to one. Okay. Michigan State they moved it from eighty to one to now forty to one. North Carolina, Fez bet it last night at fifty to one. William Hill said, "Don't budge that. Leave it at fifty. No. <laughs> it is that is very telling. That uh, that's probably the lemon. So so what what other books? What do they have the odds? Because I'm thinking about booking some of his for North Carolina. Uh, there's a twenty to one, a twenty two, and a twenty four. And you bet at 50. 50. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. Except William Hill. Thanks, Fez. <laughs> We're all happy we can't get those numbers now. Well, you can on North Carolina. Yeah, that's still a bad bet. The one the, we don't like. bad bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's be honest. There's a lot of people that spit their coffee out when they heard Fez bet three futures 365 days in advance. So what have you had to change a heart? Do you think these are that good of picks? What's going on? Uh, this guy, this isn't Vito. It's actually a future specialist. Yeah, Vito Jr. This is uh, future Vito. Yeah. And and believe me, time and time again, this guy has won playing his futures. But, but is, is this the first time you've gotten futures from him? Oh, no. So what, have you played them before? I used to. I played them before, but Wait, selectively. Wait, you're telling everyone not to play them. I... Explain. It's, I tell everyone, don't play the market numbers. It's perfectly fine to play a number that's never going to exist the rest of the 365 of days. Because of you. Because of me and my associates, yes. What are the limits on these? Now, that's an interesting question because I, what asked, did you bet? I asked for like 3,000. Mm-hmm. And so they came back with different amounts. So they said on Duke, oh. this is from memory. Carolina, Whatever you want, oh, baby. Yeah. As much as you no, want. No, no. So I think from memory, Duke, they gave me like 1,000. And Michigan State only like 300. Well, that's and North Carolina, list. 500. You know, so they they, they didn't the take a big numbers. bet on North Carolina. You want some more North Carolina? Now, this is the night shift. <laughs> so maybe if I bet it against the day shift, they'd take bigger limits. Well, we know you in the night shift. Yeah. Which we'll get into at the end of the show. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Um, so what you're saying is you're 
your distaste for futures are simply chances of winning and hold, get, getting your money held and not getting a great number because your theory is, all right, what's interest rates? Well, they're going up some, but let, let's just say 5%, just, you know, it's not 5%, but let's say you can, but now people can invest. Historically, stock market's 11%. I don't think that's going to be the case going forward. Let, let's even be wild and say 10%. I think that's a great number that I could just like, screwing around, bet some seasoned wins somewhere else, and I'm going to earn 10% expectation-wise. So I'm I'm basically, the second I bet this, I have a haircut of 10% off the number. Now, in college, when I got my finance degree, the, the, the theory was, no, the theory was you always take the T-bills, the riskless, quote-unquote, T-bills, would be your time value of money discount, right? So you're saying, no, it's my betting, because in theory, you're taking a chunk of your bankroll and saying it's inactive now for 365 days. Yes. So if you were on a short bankroll, which you're not, but let's say you're an up-and-comer, you're, you've proven you can win, but you aren't getting the full bets you want to get because of bankroll rest- uh, limits, you would be even less inclined to do something like this. Exactly. So what, the question with these futures is, are they a good bet this far ahead? And then the next question is, what would you do with that money other than giving it to the book? Right? And if you have a good answer to that, you should be less inclined to make the future bet. That's right. Now, when, and not that you do this, but if you, back in the day when the laws were different, you would have like account, like uh, you would settle up with people that didn't want, didn't need it posted up. Yeah. So Vito, another veto. Credit accounts. Another veto. Yes. So how does that work when it comes to futures and is that more viable? Much more viable because now I don't have to worry about the T-bill rate or whether it, we've got rampant inflation in Argentina because I'm not, my outlay on that bet is zero. Okay, so but explain how it works. Because what happens is that you 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 have a certain credit limit. Maybe it's right. small. Okay, and let's, there's a settle up number. Yeah. So let's say hypothetically you had a ten thousand dollar credit limit, small credit limit, and you said I want a thousand dollars on Duke. Well, first of all, ten thousand isn't small for the fair typical enough, fair, better. Fair enough. So, so you Richie bet, Rich. So you bet a thousand on Duke and a thousand on North Carolina, a thousand on Michigan State, and they're like, oh, I only have seven thousand dollars left on credit. That's a problem going forward. But then. All you have to do is put in a phone call and say, look, I've got $3,000 tied up for a year. Can you extend me a little more credit? Because I didn't lose. I'm still at zero. I'm like, yo, that makes sense. Yeah, we'll give you $3,000 more in credit. So it doesn't impact anything. And so you basically, it's like getting a loan on the, to be able to play. Yeah, but you bets. have to worry about the guy disappearing exactly. on you and yeah. then never returning your phone calls. And when you have 22 to 1 on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, and maybe you want to hedge out of it. I don't know. You, the guy's nowhere to be found. But, you know, not like I don't want anybody to Yeah. So, Fez, what's amazing is that you have this depth of knowledge and your actual day job. Waste management consultant. So, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. I have a long library. I read a lot. I know that's not true. All right. <laughs> Any closing thoughts on college basketball? Do you feel like the transfer portal is more active? Like, it's just growing in uh, importance. Yes, but they did say it's, it might slow down some because now they're saying if you want to transfer a second time, you're probably going to have to take a year off. Yeah. So, which I, I think is smart. Like, oh my god, yes, because it, it it's a little out of control hopping every year. But they, like that should slow things down a little bit. I would hope so because it's like, what are you teaching the kids? I think most people like I I got caught in a Bobby Knight YouTube binge like a week ago. I I watched nice. like three hours of interviews of his, 
And he was always, even before the chair, he was always in trouble. I didn't remember it quite like that. I read Season on a Brink, which was a great book about their 87 season. But, um, and then I saw Bobby Knight today. Oh, time is not kind mm. to anyone. You know, he was on that, he was on a high stage championship 60 team. Did you know, did you know I did, that? I knew he played at Ohio State. I didn't know he was on. I didn't know. That yeah, just another one of our national championships. We we have a room for him. <laughs> what? Uh, nothing. I'm just taking uh, it in. The um, Belmont. Did they? Any, no, no national championship. In anything? Like no. darts? No. Long? I mean, they probably got some stupid championship, but n- nothing major. But anyway, Bobby Knight, everyone that talked about him said, I hated him. But now in hindsight, I saw he, you know, at least a lot of them thought he helped. He, he does have a great relationship. Like Steve Alford's like 58 years old and he's, he goes back to Indiana to see him. Hmm. You know, I mean, and Alford's the Nevada coach, right? Yep. I mean, he, it's been 40, like 35 yeah. years. So, you know, he obviously had some good things with his with his uh, players. He yelled at me one time. What? He's never been in, never been more intimidated. When what was this about? So I had him booked on a radio show, oh, and okay. I wanted. So to, you were for ESPN a long time. Yeah, and I wanted to call to you know like before the segment started just to make sure that the phone connection was good, everything was all right. So about I don't know seven minutes before, like we're in the segment before we go to commercial break, and then Bobby Knight's going to come up the next segment. I call his number and I say, coach, and I said, you know, Scott calling from the station, you know, uh, I just want to make sure that you're all set for this segment. And he goes, when is it? And I said, it's going to be about seven, eight minutes or so, you know, uh, and then we'll be ready to go. And he goes, then what are you calling me now for? And I said, I'm sorry, coach. I'll call you back. I just wanted to make sure that your line was all right. And he goes, call me back and hung up. (laughs) I'll never forget. He goes, then what are you calling me now for? I was so scared. But let's be honest. You didn't usually make that call. No, I wanted. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was nervous about. I wanted to make sure everything was all right. I was a young, you know, whippersnapper in New York. Yeah. Okay. Young whippersnapper wanted to you know, Apparently make sure everything was good. He was not beloved at beloved at ESPN. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. He's not like Coach K, Fez. <laughs> now, would you, if you saw Bobby Knight back in his heyday, would you stalk him in the ba- into the bathroom? I'd be too afraid. <laughs> like he just. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, do you remember? Like, why did Bobby Knight get fired? Can you remember the incident that caused it? No, I think he choked a kid. Yeah, it was not the case. Yeah, but that was like three years before, and and I was watching a Larry King with it. And he he had it, you know, and, and they show in slow motion, so you can see like the tens uh, seconds going by really slow. And it looks like he's like doing a choke slam on him. Yeah. And he's like, I gotta tell you, Larry. He goes, that was in slow motion. And, and then they go, they go, um, well, what were you thinking at the time? He goes, I don't remember that. Mm. Like I told you, right? <laughs> he can't answer every question sometimes if the other person's <laughs> adversarial. Yes. Right? He goes, he just looks at him straight in the eye and says, I don't remember yeah. this. <laughs> Which the next question I think Larry King asked was, Well, do you choke a lot of players? Was this like a yeah. didn't choke Kent Benson? <laughs> well, I don't know. He he beat his son up, it seemed pretty much on the court. I don't that's not fair to say. He was tough. I was a big fan of his. I still remember he was right. He talked about ninety seven. That ninety four team, uh, I think it was Alan Henderson was the best player, and they were like in the I think the Elite Eight, and I thought they had the best team in the country. He was going to get another one, it looked like, and then Henderson got hurt, if I remember. I can still remember there was a steal late in the game. It was like a tie game. 
See, I used to watch college basketball. Yeah. Not as fun anymore. You might. Oh God, no. Um, you mind looking that up? Yeah, I'll look it up. I'm just. I. I want to see what they said about that team. I wonder what the odds were. Huh. Okay, we are the. Well, yeah. One more thing on the uh, the the transfer portal. Brian Dutcher, the coach of San Diego State, said this during the during the the final four. There were zero McDonald's All Americans mm-hmm. in the final four, and most of San Diego State, most of Florida Atlantic built on teams that basically got transfers, who, mm-hmm. graduate transfers and, and upperclassmen. They said, I w- I'll take a junior or a senior over a McDonald's All-American any day because mm-hmm. they, you want, these I think, old teams win the Connecticut win players were more like the McDonald's All-Americans. We see how that went, right? I yeah. Mean, but here's the thing. If you have a team that's played together for three years, four years, I, I can see it. But if there are a bunch of mercenaries coming in, to a B-level school, how good – I mean, again, San Diego – I mean, here's the interesting question. What's San Diego State's odds if the tournament starts over? I don't think they'd change much. I mean, I, I think a little, little bit. A little bit. Just a little. So – Power rate them up a point. You know, this will be a good transition. I want to go to the Masters because I've got a theory on the Masters. But, Faz, I know both of us think the same way about this golf typically, which is, is Tiger playing? Okay, how can I fade him? Is that is that how you're looking at it? 100%. So like have you got any action down? Not yet because I'm waiting for the public to I'm waiting to the last moment because I feel the public will say, "Hey, you know, you 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 got to bet Tiger to make, you know, well, the, but you realize that we can't wait now." So, Mackenzie, we're running the, out of time. What are the odds to uh, make the cut for Tiger? And give me a no vig number. He's favored. The yes is minus 175. He's favored to well, make the cut. Well, let's see what the odds are. Those are Relax. the odds. Well, no, you're telling the odds from your memory. We're going to yeah. look live. All right. I mean, but that range, I agree. All right. And it was ni- 1993 Elite Eight for mm-hmm. uh, for Indiana. Lo- it- lost to Kansas, 77-83. Okay. You got the play-by-play? No. <laughs> I bet I bet that game w- – go to the AP write-up or something. I bet All that right. game was tied with like six minutes left. Oh, it was a good. Now, did Kansas didn't win it that year? Geez, Kansas has been good for a long time. Larry Brown, remember, and and uh, with Danny Manning. Yep, six seed. Uh, uh, so what we got? Make all right. So Fez, you were wrong. Minus one fifty plus one ten. So no, I was right. What do you? I mean? just looked at three books like thirty four minutes ago. And and now it's minus one fifty plus one ten. That's a lot different than the minus one seventy five, right? It's... 35 minutes ago, it was minus 175. But we can't bet those old numbers, can we? They, they, they can't have moved. It, it, it's like... Well, take a look. I this will. is this I... is with DraftKings, right? I, I looked at three bucks. Okay. But, well, take another look. Because I want to I get a bet from you on this. I Check see... the circuit number. They're usually good at yeah, moving let's according to uh, the money coming in. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Also, I can't I can't find the play by play from that game, but Allen Henderson played three minutes in that game, oh. zero points. Okay, uh, but that Albert uh, Allen Henderson and Calbert Cheney, that was oh. the one two. That was pretty good, Cheney. Yeah. And all right, awesome. Um, so what circuit got? So Tiger Woods that begins with a T, right? Yes. Okay. I think Aldridge is his name. Where is he? So minus one seventy. There you go. So I've got yes minus one seventy, no plus one fifty is the circuit odds. I'll take the no. Okay. You like the no? Yep. What do you like, Fess? I like the no. All right. I'm back. Oh. You're going to lay minus 170. You're no, gonna... no, no. I'm going to go no vig and lay minus 160. Okay, that's fine. All right. 
Yeah. All right. I like it. All right. So let me think about this. Because he's going to be better early in the tournament? Well, I, Which the, I agree with. Here's the analysis I heard that really made a ton of sense. And I think it applies here. Um, so, Scott, let's do the. It's up to you. But if you want to do 100, and Fez and I would do three, or if you want to do three, whatever you want. Oh, I'm confident in this. All right. Let's, all right. We'll do that. So, here's my thinking. Just three then. Yeah. So, here. But At plus 150. What? Yeah, well, 160, actually. We go no Vic. Plus 160, plus 160. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the question. Is it, I'm risking 300. It's whatever you want. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm risking yeah. 300 to win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the most I can lose is six. All right. Um, here's my thinking. And this was analysis I heard that made a ton of sense. About a third of the people who play the Masters are emotionally unable to deal with it. It's like, it's just, like making the cut isn't even an option in a way. And thus they say, if you can be not nervous at the Masters, you're going to make the cut if you're Tiger. Meaning if he plays even like he did last year, I mean, he made the cut last year, right? So I agree. It feels like the public would be on that. But I also agree that of all the tournaments, this is the one where his experience probably means the most. I agree with that. And he only needs to, like, in theory, beat a percentage of the field because a lot of them are dead money in a way. And there's, like, 65-year-old guys that are playing. And that's you know, the that, – yeah. For so, previous so, champions that keep, like, like going out there in the wheelchairs and shoot and shooting 88s. Right. Yeah. Now, here's what you're not okay. factoring in. Okay. Well, the bet's already made. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're, you're going to wait a long time to see me try to renege on the bat, but go ahead. The weather this weekend is not good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be cold and rainy. Cold and rainy does not add up to a guy that's got some physical injuries. Yeah. I know if, you know, AJ can tell you from his knee injury, when that when that weather gets bad and it's rainy, you're you're sore, right? It's something about the, uh, the can, barom- he, he barometric can. pressure of, does affect your body. What's amazing is he can find actually water pipes under the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when you have the low temperatures that we're going to have at Augusta on so, Thursday and Friday. So what's the temperature? It's going to be in the 50s. That's Maybe the, even oh, 40s. This is a spe- special. Yeah. It's in the 50s. <laughs> I'll give you the exactly. heat and humidity oh, of Miami at 78. Huh? <laughs> Here's the 10-day. And then, uh, let's see. So 53 degrees. And then, so Mackenzie, give me the, the the last couple tournaments Tiger played, because here's my thinking: it's been a year. Like, do you think that this fanatic who came back from a car accident, you don't? Th- I don't know. When's the last time we saw he's him? He's never going to be healed, RJ. But he doesn't have to be healed. To, I mean, first of all, he's going to be healed. He's got rods in his leg. So did the six million dollar man. I think, especially on Friday when it's uh, 53 degrees and 80 percent percent chance of precipitation. So I think delays affect you know, him. Direct- I think the the cold and the rain affects him. I don't think he's going to play well, especially in that second round. Directionally, I would much rather bet against Tiger the later we go in the tournament. So I would yeah. much rather bet he know he does not make the top ten than to bet will we make the cut. I agree. In fact, there. I think my best bet is going to be second round go under Tiger's score. Whatever the second round well, bet my, is. My best bet you, will be fourth round. Exactly. Yeah. You're gonna have a go, well, he's not going to be in the fourth round. And he's going to go over, over his target He's not going to be in the fourth round. The confusion of oh, you know what I mean? I'd say whatever whatever they put his score at, he's 73, do bet 72 and a half, whatever it is, bet over on Friday. I heard this guy, I think he was from Golf News Net. I wrote it down because I thought he was so good. 
And he was sharp as all get because golf and gambling just go together. Like, uh, you know how some sports like baseball players are like, I don't understand this game, you know. And but the golfers, they're betting amongst themselves. They have handicaps, you know, is he was rattling off the sharpest things, you know, Mm -hmm. approach to the green, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know enough to know if he was like 99th percent, but he was certainly 95th. But he wasn't square. That was certainly not the case. And then they asked him about Tiger, and he said, "Oh, he'll, he'll make the cut almost for sure." It's like what? And he's and he explained that rationale. Um, again, I don't know. I don't think it's for sure. It is interesting. I'll be interested to see if the line moves too, because in theory, the money's going to come in late on the yes. Um, Mackenzie, can you look at the the odds from Circa and tell me how many people are worse than a hundred to one? Right, because I mean, like to some degree, you got to think it's gonna. It's, These are the guys that aren't gonna make. Yeah, the cut. yeah, and maybe give me one other delineation, like two hundred, and get a feel for, and tell me how many in total, because I just want to get a feel how many of these past champions and stuff are limping around out there. I know. I mean, Jacks does Jack? I don't think Jack still plays. He doesn't. You know what's funny? I still remember. I think it was not. It was right when I moved to Vegas. It was '98. He, you know, so this was like twelve years after the '86 Masters. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was right. He was like two strokes back at the end. He got like tied for third, mm. like in the Masters. It was like, man, that that would have been a nice one. Last year, Tiger shot. He made the cut, back to back seventy twos. But in the third round, the weather dipped to below fifty degrees. Mm-hmm. He shot a five over seventy seven. Well, the question is, is that the weather? Or is that the third Fatigue, round? Yeah. He commented in his press conference at Augusta this week when they made that they praised him the reporter praised him for making the cut last year you said quote well thank you yeah but then it got cold and he okay. laughed yeah well, maybe one of the well, things was he talking about the game or the weather his game uh. <laughs> so talk to will doctor our, our at pregame.com golf expert and yeah. he uh he was talking about tiger's chance and he thinks that on the high side tiger can make the cut he doesn't think much beyond that mm-hmm. but he was talking That's about Fre- Freddie Couples, uh, who plays a practice round with Tiger every year. Yeah. And he said last year when they played the practice round, Freddie Couples came off and was like, Tiger's hitting every shot. Like, Tiger looks good. He looks mm-hmm. strong. And then today, when they came off today and said, how's Tiger look? He said, it's exciting that Tiger's here. It's, <laughs> it's- Well, that, that's not good news. <laughs> it's not good. Thanks for keeping clammed up till the bat was in. <laughs> All right. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. So there's 55 golfers higher than 100 to one. Uh, Vijay Singh for, back from the 80s, 90, uh, 999 to one. Okay. How many golfers are there in total? All right. So I hope it's like 100. It's just it's 90 to 100 play. In, oh, in see, this is it. This is yeah. what I'm and talking the, the about. The top 50 and, and ties make the cut. Oh, I hope there's a lot of ties. Well, yeah. So that means more than 50% make the cut. 88 yes. players. Oh, yeah. And, oh. It has to be the top five ninths. Fez, how are you feeling about this bat? Yeah, you're laying minus one. Seven. <laughs> all right, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, all right. Okay, moving minus on. Minus 160, correction. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. You know why I like our side as well? This dude could, he could withdraw. Yeah, that's true, actually. An injury that, that, that would be cause no, him That to would be no action. No, he misses the cut. Yeah, I'd be missing yeah. the cut. It's like if he tees off day one. AJ, we've heard enough from you. <laughs> Jesus. But to be fair, to be fair, he's probably only going to withdraw if he isn't going to. That's true. That's, that's true. Yeah. If he yeah. if he's in if he's, he's in position, got, we've seen Tiger right. play with a broken leg. I've got I've got one more thought that's going to trump all of this. 
What's the line at DraftKings? Minus 150? Yes. What's the line at Circa? Minus 170. Hmm. Who's sharper? Mm. I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't oh, want to alienate. Just, Scott's face just dropped. I don't want to get any sports books angry at me, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Circus Sharper. All right. Well, I, here's the funny thing. If a book was smart, they wouldn't want to be perceived as sharp. Yeah. Sharp means it's hard to beat them. Mm-hmm. Who wants that reputation? Yes. So to finish up golf, we have from the aforementioned Will Doctor. Amazingly, that's his name. It is. His legal name. His legal name. Will Doctor is going to cure what ails you in the Masters. Let's listen. My best bet for the 87th Masters is going to be Jason Day, the top 10 at plus 225 on Bet Online or Bet 365. He goes off in the, the afternoon morning wave. He is a prime position for scoring conditions. You know, he Jason Day has had the best season on the PGA Tour amongst players who haven't won yet. Uh, he's 35th in the world. He has six top 10 finishes on the year, and he doesn't rank outside of top 25 in any statistical denomination on the PGA Tour. Uh, he is back. The man who won five events in a six-month stretch in 2015, including a PGA, including taking down prime Jordan Spieth, is back. He didn't qualify for the Masters last year. Um, as it was kind of at the back end of his struggles that he found uh, his way out of with Tiger's old coach, Chris Como, who actually lives down here in Texas. But also, like Justin Rose, don't forget how well Jason Day has played Augusta over his career. Between his first Masters in 2011 and his last healthy Masters, when he was playing well in 2019, he recorded three top three finishes um, and only finished outside of 28th once. And, And remember, this is the... This is the big one. This is the 10-year anniversary of the 2014 Masters when Jason Day stood on the 17th tee box with a one-shot lead. He had the green jacket in his hands, and he bogeyed the 71st and 72nd hole to fall out of a playoff with fellow Aussie Adam Scott and Angel Cabrera. And in a huge turn of events, Adam Scott, not Jason Day, became the first Aussie to ever win the Masters. So that was a heartbreaker, and... You know, this is a golf course that Day is just all too familiar with. He's in a great place in his life. And more importantly to the golf, he's in a phenomenal place uh, with the health of his body. So my best bet for the Masters this week is going to be Jason Day to top 10 at plus 225 on either Bet Online or Bet 365. Well, we got to go to the true expert apparently in golf. AJ, what do you think? It sounds good. To, uh, listen, I'm an expert because Will's an expert. You seem to be very like sometimes I you're dozing off over there, but when I was betting, you were like ready to fire. I, I had almost an hour long conversation with Will today about the Masters, so I'm so he 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 likes to fade Tiger. Uh, no, he loves Tiger. Actually, he was like, it pains me to say, I worry about Tiger in this weather. Well, it's funny. I mean, how is Circa not out of business, Fez? With all these square numbers they're putting up. They don't put up. I mean, they if they put up a square number, the, believe me, the betters fix it immediately. You know how they're not out of business? Limits go big. Oh. Fairly Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> I got two words for you. Fairly Dickinson. <laughs> hey, that, that national media doesn't come at zero price, Fez. No, it doesn't. <laughs> all right. Now, let's go to baseball. And... Fez, I thought we did another great thing. Make, I mean, it, it dragged at the end, but we made the the uh, sausage in front of them. We, you, the one that came up with the two teamer. I had the the future. Hey, Mackenzie, did we uh, get the results of the? I didn't play all of those games. Uh, did we get the season result or the whole first game results? I'd like to see that. But um, you said, hey, let's go with the road teams, especially. 
we were playing some bigger favorites. Road favorites. The road favorites, yeah. Let's parlay it with the over. So we did two two-teamers. It split out, and you handed me like $500. I like that. I was ha- I was very happy about it. Yes. Correlation, road favorite to over. Good correlation. So first we went – first we – okay, so let's see here. RJ went one and two on the MLB. Well, no, I went – whoa, 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 whoa. I gave – and one and one on the correlated. Par- I don't think there was any other picks, right? The correlated parlays was the whole thing. At That's the all end. I bet for at, you. at the end, I think. But maybe I said it wrong. Um, boy, everyone's like, listen, don't worry about me. I can promise you, no one's missing a trick. All right, no, no one is possibly giving me one decimal point too good here. Um, and how I don't, I can't. Read. You played the Braves with over, and you won. No, I'm, I'm just looking. Oh, so of all the games, it looks like you went two and three. And you played the Angels with over, and you lost one and one. Yeah, I went seven and five straight up. But again, you're laying the lumber, and uh, a slight loser. So I don't like that. But luckily, we were able to pick out of that. But I like having that like once a year system that I trust. But it's still really strong in the. I'm going to dig into it, maybe winnow it down a little bit mm-hmm. for next year. Okay. Other than that, the big talk was the rules changes. Mm-hmm. You've got some comparisons. Yeah. Start there. First 50 games of the year. This is the comparison. And and it's comparing the first 50 games of this year with the first 49 games of last year. Because it's only taking – I've only have numbers for the first weekend series. Okay. Which it's comparable, 50 to 49. So Thursday through Sunday. Thursday through Sunday, yes. The, and this is the first series that everyone's playing with these new rules. The time of games – in the first 50 games this year, averaged two hours and 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. Compared to last year, three hours and nine minutes. Oh, Now, you let's be honest. You were one of the few naysayers. On some of the rules, yeah. Right, but Especially the pitch clock. What, yeah. Have you reevaluated? Um, no, because I still think, like, watching Manny Machado strike out today on a pitch clock violation when he was trying to call time with the umpire. Hey, it's it's this it's get disgusting. In, get in and hit. I just I, I don't like it. <laughs> the rules I don't are the like same it. for everyone. Yeah. Cause here's the thing. In a year, mm-hmm. this is all gonna be like no one's gonna think of it any other I agree. Way. So, I agree. Now, there might be a little clunkiness, mm-hmm. but boy Well here's something that's interesting to note of the pitch clock. This year there's been uh, of that first fifty games, there were forty violations. That's 0.8 per game. Mm-hmm, so less than one violation per game, I think, is but, a pretty good thing. But you're you're crying about it. Yeah, because I don't like seeing players <laughs> strike out without a pitch being thrown. Did you have a bet on that game? No. I just don't like players striking out without a pitch being thrown. And here's the ridiculous thing. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it was on no. opening day. You probably didn't. Uh, <laughs> baseball, it's round. They have stitches. They throw it. Yeah, No, I love so, baseball once upon a time. Jeff that might Mc, be bad. Jeff McNeil of the Mets is up. Pete Alonso is on first base. Mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil hits a foul ball on the first pitch. Okay, that's 0-1. Now, Pete Alonso was running. Never he missed da- a beat. Because he, he was running after the ball was hit because he didn't know if it was going to be foul or not. You run on contact. You run on contact, exactly, right? Exactly, yes. And it was a ground ball, so he ran. Okay. Now, Alonso's moseying back to first base. Mm-hmm. But he took too much time getting back to first base, so Jeff McNeil was charged a strike. Yeah, good. Did the, did the um go yeah like that? <laughs> no, they point to the watch. They they point to their wrist. They I go like time that. violation. I I can do that with you guys somehow. Like if you're if you you know if someone's walking too slow, how is one. But how is the runner getting back to first base now a punishment Run. for the batter? It's player empowerment. They want to stroll back, <laughs> just well, like college basketball. He's a big you got, guy. You, you know, the other team. The other team makes run. a basket. You got to get. You can't just let the ball bounce yeah. around. Yeah, listen, Mosey along. Tick tick. <laughs> 
Sick. <laughs> Let's be honest. Baseball is the has been the most lethargic. Like you know, put in your big big red or your <laughs> your Copenhagen for the hardcore ones, and and it's like no, this is on t- it's a TV show. If these had always been the rules, and someone came out and ag- advocated, you know, we got to get rid of this pitch clock. I don't like it. They would be universally oh, laughed. I think they at. would like be laughed at right now. You'd be a, you're a moron. I don't know what's better, the play in for the NBA or this, but yeah. they're both great ideas. Yeah, I, I just wish there was a, a hybrid. I love the clock that's in between innings that speeds up the time in between innings with the warm-up pitches. I love the clock in between batters. I like the idea of 30 seconds in between the batter. You get an out, next batter's got to get up. I just don't like the idea of forcing somebody into the batter's box before there's eight seconds left on the clock. That's your clock. And I finished before it ran out. <laughs> no, I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, I do think if it was going to remain this clunky... Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right, but I think it's going to be like within a within three years, it's going to be like nothing, and the game will benefit forever. Yep. And and what inevitably will happen is the umpires will give a little more of a grace period to everyone, where they're like, if Doesn't you miss like a fight, they they're not right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to project a couple of years I, from now. If you fail by half a second, they'll be as quick. I hope they don't. Yeah, it's it really is sometimes up to the umpire's discretion, especially after foul balls, like when to start the clock and mm-hmm. things like that. So I think they're, they'll loosen up as the season progresses. Well, but you were surprised. I mean, you didn't expect this much time difference. No. I thought it was going to be like 10 minutes maybe. This is a lot. What's been the player reaction? From I haven't seen anybody. I, the only thing I've seen people complain about is these phantom strikeouts. But you're like the lone real negative yeah. guy. I think Bryce Harper's ups, upset also. He's Why not playing that? yet. He's not even playing play the yeah. game. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you quoted the, or talked about the Ron Luciano book, uh, Umpire Strikes Back. He wrote three books. I read all of them as a kid because I loved baseball. I used to read the rule book, and I, I had it all figured out. Infield fly, you know, oh, force of two backs. Yeah, and I, I couldn't find the rule when I pitched a three-inning three no-hitter in Little League, but they didn't count it. Yeah, sorry. I mean, that seems like – doesn't that seem – what are you laughing at, No, I'm not laughing. You could have got the hold. You know, I, did, I told this story. This has been years oh, – it's a 30-second story. I didn't get the ball for my no-hitter, mm. so I took a ball that wasn't associated with it, and I kept it on a little plate position of honor wow. as a child. Mm. Did you write on it? But no, here's the thing. About three years later, I was telling people it was the ball, and I believed it. <laughs> like, like, I literally like somehow bought into the story, and it, I said, wait a minute, this isn't the ball, is it? That's what happens. Like George Costanza said. You start said, to believe your own lies. If you believe it, it's true. Mm-hmm. Right, Fez? That's how I live my life. Right, right Fez? <laughs> I've had dreams at night where I thought like I killed somebody and like this That's happened to everyone. And, and I'm like, said. and then I'm like, I'm like, I'm about to wake up and I'm like, did I, did I really do that? Did I? The, the fact you could th- possibly think that yeah. is interesting. It's it's terrifying. Like, did they catch me? Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where are the cops? <laughs> Here's a rule that has real. I think I actually do. I don't like in in principle, but I like the results. Okay. And, and that is the a pitcher can only disengage the rubber twice with a runner on base. Now, that means they can only do two pickoffs or, or, step off. yeah. or they just step off and regather themselves. Now, this is leading to, obviously, an increase in stolen bases combined with the larger base sizes mm-hmm. as well. So the, that theory is just the bases are bigger, so the space is... Uh, space is less. Four and a half yeah. inches right. in between first and second, second and third. And remember, they get less. to wear the oven mitts now that extend their fingers like Three and a half inches. Those oh, really? big Just mitts. Okay. Just yeah, the last couple protecting years. Protecting their wrists from being, you know, their fingers so, from being so bent back. So what we're saying here is, 
if someone hits a, a slow roller and they're fast, mm -hmm. they might be getting to first. Yes, because it's three inches shorter from home to first as well. Oh, wow. So here's the interesting stuff. What do you think of people that dive into first head first? No, slows you down. Yeah. It is cool, though. Yeah, it, it is, is cool. It slows you down. <laughs> last year, Hustle. last year in the first 50 games of the season, stolen base numbers, 29 for 43. Okay, 29 stolen bases out of 43 attempts, 67.4%. Mm -hmm. Good numbers, but okay. This year through the first 50 games, 70 of 84. <laughs> 70 stolen bases in the first 50 games this year. So, so there's been 14 throwouts, so they're the same, right, Scott? No, it's 83.3% conversion <laughs> success rate. So the theory is they will have people running more and more. Yeah, so there's more, get to more activity point. on the bases. Yeah, I love that, man. Hey, listen, if you put someone on second to start the 10th inning mm -hmm. or whatever, we're not worried about more stolen yeah. bases. They yeah. The goal was to increase offense and to make the game more fun, and that is exactly happening. And you're against it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> baseball is like, but that's what baseball is. They're trying to baseball, make the game. Baseball is a game no one baseball's gives a shit about. Records. Stop trying to get people baseball's, involved. Baseball has always been there, Ray. Throughout the time, people have come and go. Well, but, you know, <laughs> the country's been rolled over like a steamroller, but baseball's been the constant. What's this from? That's from Field of Dreams. Okay. Yeah. You know what's amazing? I've never seen Field of Dreams. Get out. That's I, I own the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah. You've never seen Field of Dreams. Was that the one he played catch with his dad? Yeah. I didn't well, way it. to spoil it for everybody. Mm. It's like a 40-year-old movie. I think <laughs> <laughs> statute of limitations. Is you want to play some catch? <laughs> now, I, I've never seen The Natural either, except for the home run. Off, off the lights. Yeah. Yeah. I got news for you. The Titanic sinks at the end of the movie. I know this is going to throw oh, you off. Oh, thanks yeah. a lot. Wait a minute. That was Leo DiCaprio, I, not Redford. What the? All right. Enough, all right. Enough tomfoolery. Now, offense has been up without the shift, obviously. It's going to lead to a couple more hits. Well, well hold on. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the assumption. Mm. So we were here inc incredulous at the fact that the totals opening day yeah. last week yeah. were down a half a run. Mm -hmm. And we're like, boy, we expect scoring. Well, what have we gotten since? We've gotten uh, through the first 50 games uh, about 15 points higher on the overall batting average. Okay. And about the same in the uh, on-base percentage and slugging. And how about runs? Runs have been overs, baby. So Grand salamis. Overs yesterday went 13-1-1. One one. Okay, but but so far this season yeah. is what? I believe oh, it's 57.5%. 50, yeah. Okay. And that, and though they have a money, you know, a vig lay on that, it's goes up to one third. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I bet it probably isn't, but we're assuming it evens out, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. So Mackenzie's put. So overs are thirty-seven, twenty-six, and two coming into today. All right. So what was the batting? So you're saying the batting average? So we got the batting average. I heard uh, Theo Epstein on Rosillo's show, very well spoken. Obviously, a very bright guy. But, um, you know, he's like, I don't know the head, but he's really big in this like baseball rejuvenation plan where mm -hmm. he's like on a, a think tank. And I mean, he was talking about it. He's saying the feedback we've gotten is we want our great athletes being more athletic. We apparently it was like seven minutes between or no, four minutes between balls in play. Like, 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 literally, if you say, okay, how long was the game? Oh. How many times was a ball hit into play? And you add it up and, or divide it up. It was like four minutes. And then you're just waiting for four minutes. So a fast dude could run a mile between yeah. each time the ball actually got it, it goes put into play. The I mean, I'm talking about a foul pop is, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I guess if it's caught. Yeah. 
But it's like, man, to me, when we were talking about first base and diving, it's like the nuance in baseball, the the elite players. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, we were talking about Rod Carew back in the day. The, the idea of you slide, and the, the way they go at home, like you've seen it in playoff games, and they come around wide and they come back with their hand. Yeah. I mean, those are like things that might come up three times a year. Mm-hmm. When you watch this week in baseball, oh, you know, they never show a guy – like walking off a home run, he's always going first to third, head first, as yeah. Parker's trying to throw him out. Well, if he Parker threw him out, let me yeah. tell you. How about that? <laughs> so I love it. I actually tweeted out your stuff. Now, how's your stuff doing? Uh, I mean, it's only early season. But... It's it's early on, um, but I can tell you that uh, the, my rookie of the year candidates have gotten off to some decent starts. The first start for the Mets uh, Japanese sensation, uh, Kodai Senge, got off to a rough start, but actually finished really, really well um, as far as his first start, and everyone was raving over this ghost fork ball that he throws. So uh, his first outing struck out eight batters and has a 1.69 ERA, so that's pretty good so far. Fork ball, that's when you go wide with your fingers. Yeah, fork ball. I worked on a knuckler for a long time. It never really worked. Mm -hmm. Now with a wiffle ball. Oh, Oh, the holes in it makes yeah. it curves a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as win totals are concerned, I mean, it's very early on, but we have the uh, Angels over, and the Angels uh, have gotten off to a three and one start. Mm-hmm. And we got them to win the division, don't we? And we had the long shot to win the division. Yep. And the Dodgers under, Dodgers three and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mets over. Mets have not. Mets are three and three. I'm not gotten off to a good so, start. So, your bet is someone's going to lose 100 games. Yes. How's it looking? Looks good. A's stink. Washington stinks. A's won opening day, didn't they? That's the only Haven't one they lost. Since. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Washington's bad. I, I, they're both well, going to yeah. lose 100 games. They're both. They both will lose 100 games. So yeah. once again, your streak with hockey and baseball. You mm-hmm. won 12 in a row. Yeah. And then today you had a split out or whatever. Today's probably going to be a split out, maybe three and two. I'm not sure the Phillies might not. They might lose 100 games. Or two and three today. Philly, <laughs> yeah, Phillies, uh, Phillies they, they won against them. They won against the Yankees, though. They did. Uh, they, they are no longer winless. We now have no winless teams in Major League Baseball. You had a winning best bet last week on the Phillies? Yeah, it was uh, so, opening day. So somehow they haven't won a game, but you still won a bet on them. Yeah, because it was opening day, and I bet their team total going up against Jacob deGrom. Uh-huh. And the whole idea was fading Jacob deGrom. Well, Jacob deGrom gave up five runs in three innings. So the Phillies team total hit in the first three innings of the game. And then they give up nine runs. And then the Phillies give up nine runs, but yeah. (laughs) So last question. Is there anything you're seeing from the season so far that you would say betters out there don't forget this, take a look at this, make sure you don't, you know, et cetera. Anything? I think that there's a real opportunity in some soft markets out there to take advantage of derivatives, uh, whether it's team totals, whether it's first fives, uh, first five team totals, because the, the game is now built towards runs being scored. And if you can pick on a certain team that has an edge versus a certain pitcher or maybe weather pre- weather comes into play with wind blowing out and whatnot – I absolutely think that there are there are definite things to take advantage that do not have to go into which side is favored or which side is an underdog because but by example, things like that could happen. I think one prop to really focus on, especially if you're on the East Coast where it's more the more books are dealing it, strikeouts for the pitcher. Yes, I, I think I've, that I, is the yes, softest. I hit a, hit a bunch of strikeout ball. props already this and, season, and, and you like over. 
It depends. Under. It depends. And well, so then, what, then, what, then give us the theory of how you do it. All right. So so Jacob Degrom is pitching opening day, mm-hmm. and then a word comes out. Oh, he's going to pitch count. He's only going to throw seventy pitches, and then they're going to yank him. Well, he pitches three and a half innings. He strikes out seven, and guess what? His over under was seven and a half to eight. It just it, 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 the pitch count got him. He was he was striking out plenty. And if you had that information, you won the bet. Yeah, and you, or you can find a team like the Marlins, who are just free swinging and lead the league in strikeouts through the early part of the season, and just pick the opposing pitcher to go over their strikeout count, which has happened every game. Now, do you? There's the advanced stats that talk about spin rate. Yep. And, do you look at that? Is that yeah? So are those are leading indicators for you that even so, if it's not showing up in the results. Yeah, what I look especially with uh, pitchers is I look at hard hit rate and barrel percentage. So how how often are they getting squared up? How often are they getting you know when they pitch? Are batters really hitting the ball? In the sweet spot of the bat, on the barrel, which that's the barrel percentage, and how often is it resulting in hard hits? Anything you don't care over, if, it, if it gets caught. I don't care if it gets don't caught. Care. I care. That evens out in the Exactly. End. I care if it's if it's a ball that's barreled up and has an exit velocity over 95 miles per hour because in the long run, those result in hits. Like, if you, you can look at these stats during the course of a game, mm-hmm. and they'll go through the play-by-play, and they'll tell you the expected batting average mm. on the ball that's in play. Now, a guy like Pete Alonso hits a 360-foot line drive that gets caught at the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, exit velo 100 miles per hour, whatever. The expected batting average on that is high. It should be a hit, but a guy made a, ca- guy made a catch. I got a question. In game, mm-hmm. do they have those, those yes. stats? Yes. So, Fez, th- is this a situation where you're in-game batting, you see a – I think the thing I'd be looking for is a pitcher who's struggling – but they've got it's gotten lucky so far, and like he doesn't have his best stuff. But it looks like he's only given up one hit in two in th- two innings. Let's say, do you look to fade that guy? Yes, but I've been disappointed in its predictable predictability over the course of a season. It's rather predictable in any one game. I, I can't explain it. A pitcher can be like absolutely throwing batting practice, line drive, line drive, line drive. And then all of a sudden, it's like a totally different pitch. I think it's inning. harder to do the betting in-game stuff, but it is it is indicative of future outcomes. Like you can look at a pitcher who has uh, a fielding independent p- uh, of pitching, you know, a FIP number, FIP, that their ex-FIP is much higher than what their ERA is, which indicates they're getting lucky. They're getting they're they're maybe they're pitching into a lot of double plays. Yeah, yeah. And those are usually regression candidates, guys that you want to bet against. It does seem, you're, RJ, you're right. It does seem like the marketplace says DeGrom is pitching and he gives up. This would be a good example of a bet that would have won. Um, that, um, well, it would have won on the over. That DeGrom's giving up all these line drives, right? And some of them are getting caught and most of them aren't, all right? And But he's still being priced like he's Jacob DeGrom. Mm-hmm. But he's like, a, he's like a tomato can today for whatever yeah. reason. I'll tell you right now. Jacob DeGrom is pitching tomorrow for the Texas Rangers. The Rangers are minus 190 against the Baltimore Orioles. This, this is now Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. You are, total, I know who you're betting. The total in this game is 7.5. And, and that's because it's Jacob DeGrom. And while I'm not going to bet the Orioles because they have a kid coming up making his Major League debut— Grayson Rodriguez, who happens to be the 12th overall prospect in Major League Baseball, so they have high hopes for this kid. But I will, like I did last week, look at the Orioles' team total over. Because with a low total in this game of 7.5, you're probably going to get, and these come out day of game, so I don't know what it is now, it's probably going to be 2.5, maybe 3.5 at the most, or 3 even, 
for the Orioles to score. I think the Orioles with their offense are good enough for at least four runs. I'm not buying into Jacob DeGrom. I'm like taking Orioles team total over. Is this your best bet? For tomorrow right now. For tomorrow right now? No, I haven't looked at the board. Okay, but what I'm saying is, is this your best bet on the podcast? We can make it that. No, I'm asking you. I'm not telling you. <laughs> Let's say no. Let's get another bet. Okay, I got to look I got to look at yeah. the board for oh, tomorrow. Oh, so you don't have anything prepared. I mean, I have so this evaluation. So this sounds tonight. like this will be the best bet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I'm not betting either, any of it. <laughs> but I will say this, Fez. He sounds a lot sharper than he did like 3 4 months ago, doesn't he? Or he just won 12 straight games. I'm just saying, not AJ, anymore. what do you think? Doesn't I feel he, I feel I feel like he's par- smarter, yeah. He's getting the parlance down. Is I mean, you guys thought that about me 3 or 4 months after I got it. Like you sit in this room for long enough, you start to uh All right, I like it. I like it. Plus he knows baseball. Plus baseball is just my love. Yeah, but like but married to the game. You know, this is this is a really important <laughs> Chalk point. It up this, this is a really important point because the if you handicap and bet a game that you love, yes. It really is a huge advantage because if you're not working, like you're like in the Sunset Station buffet. Exactly, you know that buffet like the back of your hand, even all the way down to the, the dessert days. area. Exactly. Now there's there's one thing you got to be careful. They actually had homemade uh, M and M type uh, cookies. Oh, <laughs> delicious! Go ahead. Because when you love sports that much, like inevitably you start doing stupid things you shouldn't be doing, like wanting to go like if if you're in a city with major league baseball like playing like marginal hands. Well, yes, exactly. So all of a sudden you want to play 2-5 suited when somebody raises and you want to go to the Phillies game even though it's going to like cost you the entire like like how much can you like you you're, you're spending 5 hours at one damn game by the time you figure all the time and you can't afford that time but if you're a baseball purist lover, it's what you want to do. How's the switch? What do we have? The switch? lack of switches. Or, or, or shifts. 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 Sorry. Oh, switch. Yeah. Shift. Oh, I I like it. You like the, yeah. no, okay. Because I, there's are people going right to second base and like trying to like if they balls to shift are, balls are getting through holes. <laughs> That's it's, it's what's happening. I have and, a bolt. and and this is what we're seeing too is because of the lack of shifting available for let's say a, a lefty batter where normally you would have the uh, shortstop on the mm-hmm, second mm-hmm. base side of the bag and the second baseman in the outfield. Now what teams have to do is they put their shortstop literally behind second base, as close as you can get so sh- without being on, on the other side of the so bag. having a strategy to where the ball is going still can help you, just yes. not so extreme. But when a guy then grounds the ball to shortstop in that 5-6 hole, 5-6 being in between the third mm-hmm. baseman and the, and the shortstop, it's going through as opposed to being fielded by the third baseman that would normally be there in a typical shift. Okay, okay. So it's not just the balls that are getting pulled that are getting through for singles, but also some shots the opposite way are getting through. Do you know much about Brooks Robinson? You know, in, in, vaguely, yeah. Yeah. He was the, one of the best fielders in yeah. third base. It's kind of how I was in Little League at third. Like a cat over there, huh? No, I could get the ball. My backhand was amazing. My throws weren't that great. It's the longest throw in the game. How you I do know, that? and you would think after a no-hitter that the throwing wouldn't be the problem. Probably should have played second. Fez, you got something. Yeah, Brooks Robinson single-handedly won the 70 World Series against the Reds by constantly like making that play whatever bench would hit it down the line. What, were you 15 at that point? Seven. <laughs> uh, all right, so what's your point? All right, bold prediction, and, and MLB hasn't done this. 
every team, especially is this with, AJ with a bold prediction. No, especially no. when the rosters get expanded, every team is going to have a sprinter or two on their team, a Billy Hamilton type that can't even play baseball lick, and his one his one role is to pinch run at first late in the innings because it's become like so. Willie Mays Hayes, exactly. Mm. They're gonna with your speed, you you should be hitting the ball on the ground, son. So the. Um, you, you'll see every team having a specialist that just is going in late innings, pinch sure. run, and steal second, and even steal third. AJ, what do you think? Every time Fez does an imitation, it's $10 to the kitty. And then we can tell if he really wants to do it or not, and then we'll all have dinner. Once Give it to charity. No, yeah. no, dinner. Dinner, okay, all right, yeah. dinner works. Does that work, Fez? It does. <laughs> Scott, though, keep them coming. No, yeah, yeah. You, yeah we'll pay you some of yeah, that. Yeah, maybe he gets a little bit of uh, uh, he, It's $2 out of every 10 from Fez. I just, I think him and Johnny's watching too many movies. <laughs> he's got, he's referencing things I never thought he was. We watched. just saw Molly's game. He liked oh, it. That was good, yeah. That was a good movie. I love that character, Harlan. He was now, my favorite. He's the one that the, the, was, it was, went it was, bust, though. It was supposed to be, the, the, the one character was supposed to be based on Toby Maguire, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Toby was the one that and I was think the ben big Affleck And Ben Affleck were the big players, yeah. No, it's interesting. Interesting. I thought I tell you this. Spoiler. Well, I won't give anything away. But the courtroom scene, that was strong. Yeah. You know, it's like sixty-seven times out of sixty. And you know, yeah, it was good. It was good. And then that Kevin Costner conversation at the end. It's like he had the answer the whole time, but he didn't want to give it to her because what she wasn't paying. That, I, that wasn't my out. favorite part of the movie. No, I thought, but that I was like Costner. Of, in yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. AJ, you got a job. Fez is going to talk about his three NFL teams. I have to go to restroom. Okay. I want you to prepare a two-line synopsis. Of, I'll probably be back in the middle of the second one. A two-line synopsis. I don't want a bunch of uh-uh-uh. I want to hear this is who he likes, and what, and let's see if it, how he does. And, Scott, you're going to grade it. Got it. All right? Fez, you got three teams. You're going to start out that you like. Uh, on Three-season win bets, three, I like. Yeah, the teams. Yeah. And... You're going to give a pin. Now, these bet, would you bet these? Yes. All right, go. All right, we're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers over under 11 and a half, a little extra vig to the under. Wait, hold on. I'm back. Under, huh? Ooh. I am going under. You, you know what? <laughs> you cannot line an NFL or team. Or did rather pee his pants than yeah. give up a chance to you shoot on the You can't line an NFL team. I don't care how good the roster is. You can't line an NFL team at 11 and a half without a quarterback. And the Niners don't have one. How good they are. They don't even have a line at this point. Who knows? I, well, let's just let the market tell us, Fez. The 49ers are still favored to win their division. Now, we gave the Seahawks, was it plus 500, wasn't you it? You gave it five to one. Yeah. Yeah. Plus 275. You said, uh, you know, these odds don't really change until after the draft. What did I say? I said, gobble it Go. up, baby. Yeah, take your little finger. And click on five to one. And we'll talk later about why it's a good bet. <laughs> no, no, no. But here's the thing. We got to debate this, maybe. And maybe put it up on Twitter like we did with AJ and the meal thing, which is Fez was slow betting. Now he's got two dimes down. That was my bet. He wants it to keep 500 for himself. Should he be able to? I think it's a debate. I'm going to defer to what AJ thinks. I think that while normally you guys do a 50-50 split, him giving up half of his 50, so him only taking a quarter, uh-huh. seems like a good meet-in-the-middle thing, a, a good penance for oh, his so, mistake. So when I'm in the right, it, that's time to have cool heads prevail. I mean, he, you're, you're still <laughs> nah, getting – it's a 25% penance. It feels – I don't I'm know. joking. I'm joking. Anyway, let's continue. 
Well, I just had to brag about. Seattle. Well, I, th- I think I think it's as easy as Seattle's over unders eight and a half, and you know we're not necessarily like super pro Seattle. We're anti the rest of the division. So if we really feel San Francisco's true over unders eleven and a half, I don't think we'd be so excited about that Seattle bet. But with that number's like if 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 we were going to set a number, I think we would have said eh, ten and a half. Really good roster. Let me ask you something. So Sam Darnold got signed as the third quarterback, correct? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What does that tell you? It tells you there's no confidence in Purdy and no confidence in Trey Lance. Get McKenzie out here. We'll do NBA next. I want to hear his thoughts on this because I'm of a couple different minds here. One, does Sam Darnold, he's going to be like a, he's the best third string quarterback in the NFL, you would think. Oh, yeah. Right. But I don't even know if that's true. But he's not going to go to a place like that unless he thinks there's a chance he can play. Does that tell us that the selling point to Darnold was, hey, Purdy might not be back till week eight. Trey Lance is Trey Lance. Yeah, well, they said that it was going to be a competition, that they would all be competing for the number one job. Yeah, but 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 I'm saying— And what better team to play on than a team behind, loaded with talent? Yeah, yeah. But the behind-the-scenes sell, sales job, I'm thinking, was a variation of this is going to be an open opportunity— beyond the lip service of it, I don't think that looks too good. But then on the other hand, I would think if it's really bad, why wouldn't they have signed like um, like uh, Andy Dalton or something like for like more money? But I don't think they have it on the cap. So maybe they didn't have a choice. Mm. What do you specifically, what do you think of the Sam Darnold situation? I think it's interesting that people say it means this, it means that. It feels like a very middle of the road decision. They didn't Make a move for Aaron Rodgers, although that has been rumored today. How they could they, they? They they don't have like a hundred thousand on the salary cap. They can't put forty million on it. Seems like you can make things happen in the NFL when you want to. I don't know. I mean, if you're, I guess the the, the Saints are an example of that. But apparently, I don't know. Maybe everyone's using that voidable years now. But apparently, they do something that's very different. But I guess why wouldn't everyone else do it? Um, now. Is there ever a time that something makes you – because you, like, literally with Trey Lance, when the whole world saw that it was, like, going a disaster, you were still talking about how young he was. Sure, yeah. But you do understand now the conversation has shifted where they – I'm hearing them talking. They might cut him. They can't even Well, what did I say after week two when we had this conversation? Well, I said, all, my what, opinion – What did I say? I said, what did I, what I, did I say? Remember, I don't remember I'll tell what you. you said. Go ahead. I said, after week two, when I saw him run into that linebacker, I'm like – this is what people are talking about when they, they were he was not the natural runner that they thought they had coming out of North Dakota State. Now, he is very he's not the natural passer either. Well, he's, he was never that, but he's still building on that. And he's he's still a very high IQ guy. I think he can understand the system. I think if he runs selectively, he can be very effective. I, I think as, as yeah. like a fourth down gadget back as a quarterback in the NFL. All right. So Fez put together a bat for us. Trey Lance in year four, what are the odds? No, I don't want this. You're going to say like 30 to one. AJ, what are the odds? Like, I'm willing to lay two to one that Trey Lance doesn't start six games next year. No, no, when I say next year, I don't even mean next. I say I'll give you next year. Well, I don't think it's going to be with the 49ers because I think Brady's going to start week one, and I think he's the quarterback of the future. Okay, the seventh rounder. All right. Yeah. So Joe Montana. Is that, it, Joe Montana coming. was in the seventh round? He moves just like him. You know, he was a third rounder, Joe Montana. But I, I think there's a premium on athleticism 
that is unwarranted when a guy succeeds at that level, makes all the right decisions, you know, 90% on the score, every grade. So the grade. opposite of what everyone's saying about uh, Josh Allen, uh, Herbs, they're all saying you've got to have a cannon. I think Trey Tom Lance Brady wins. I think it's about learning on the job and being amenable. Can you hear him talking? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Fez. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. The big reason Trey Lance got drafted is because of his athleticism, and now we feel and his intelligence. His intelligence. He was one of the highest IQ guys in the draft. What he scoring on the, what, yes. he, what he score on this? Wonderland? Wonder like it was like thirty something. It's very good. He went thirty something. Pat McNally got a forty nine. Well, listen, the average for a quarterback is like twenty eight, and he got a and 31. he got a thirty something. It could have been thirty six. All, all I remember it was that it was remarkable. And plus, a standardized test is not exactly how I personally think of it. Why did you bring it up? It's just one example, but I think you talk to people around him, you talk to people in the, in the 49ers, that's a strong suit of his. It's He's an above-average quarterback, intelligence. Far above oh, average. Very good. But, huh. but if A.J. McCar- McCarron had that, we wouldn't even be commenting on that, I think. Yeah, I haven't even seen that. But here's the other thought on Trey Lance. I mean, and maybe Seattle's dropping down here as a coincidence. I don't know. But <laughs> let me ask you this. We don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun or with Watson, meaning he was so rusty that we sure. could say, because let's be honest, he was what, the 25th best quarterback? Like you've just looked at him on the field last year, like the 25th best quarterback. Yeah. All right. And the theory is he had two years off and Rust. no one, Yeah. How much time effectively has Trey Lance had off? Because the COVID season. He, they played one an kind exhibition of his entire life, right? They played an exhibition game. I'm being serious. They played an exhibition game, so he played a full season at North Dakota State Division Four or whatever that is, and, Division One AA yeah. or F, FBS FCS they call it exactly. <laughs> I think Pittsburgh State is in the same conference um, out of Kansas. It, and then he had no, he played like they didn't. I don't even think they allowed. I mean. Let's just say this. I've never seen a first rounder taken that high that didn't have at least gadget plays the first year that was a running quarterback, right? So that was curious. But they said, oh, we got him, you know, working hard to be the starter. It's like, okay. Then the next year, first of all, why did it was, you got to give Cousin Kyle credit. He did draft another quarterback. It was the seventh round, but it's Mm -hmm. like, that was a good move. But I guess, I guess you could say it was a monsoon. In Chicago. And, yeah, and he, there's tape guys that say every single play, I graded it. I think he made the right decision every single time. There's a guy, uh, JT O'Sullivan on YouTube, very popular former NFL quarterback, and he praises him. He thinks he's a very good decision maker as a quarterback. He's had four starts. He's lost two of them. And I think we're burying him a little bit too early. So what do you see? How do you see things going for him? Um, I think he's going to be a starting quarterback for a different team next year. Next year, okay. So when you say next year, do you mean 2023 or 2024? No, I think he's going to be the backup this year in San Francisco. So, and then be somewhere else? Yeah. All right. Makes most, so, most sense for both parties. So I give you plus 150? That what? The, the back, will he be a starter? We'll say even six games. Uh, so I get plus 150, Trey Lance starts six games next year. Sure, I'll take it. 300? Yeah, okay. Right, we're done. That's 2024 you're talking about. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but you, now will that will you be paying me the Trevor Lawrence bet at the same time? Uh, I'm still working at PreGame.com three years later. That is a long <laughs> shot right there. Now, I'm, especially with today's segment, I I will say this: 
how is Cousin Kyle so good that he can pick a, the next Joe Montana? And again, Purdy was very good for, for his position. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, someone got into his room. I'm not Kyle Shanahan. I don't know how many times you're going to interrupt me, but it stops right now. Edit, edit. Like, you're not going to keep interrupting me, are you? I feel like that's how we have conversations. No, no. When I'm talking, I finish my points. I, I'm certainly not going to have you talking over me, Sorry. right? I apologize. No, it's not about apologies. I'm saying, like, like, yeah, okay. This isn't like mock UN or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Three, two, what, what was I saying? Kyle. Oh, okay, the smartness of that. Three, two, one. And to me... It's amazing that that pick and, and teaching him well enough to get him ready, right? Feds, we were laughing that the odds didn't really drop that much when uh, Jimmy G got hurt. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he, he was, he was on a course. Who knows what would have happened against Philly if he didn't get hurt? I mean, it's not, it's hard to say he lost that game. He got hurt early, early. But how do you then trade the whole franchise of, well, not the whole, but three first round picks to go up for a guy? That is clearly, I mean, like, think about how much this isn't a science, is the idea that the seventh rounder from the same talent evaluating unit that Kyle and the rest of the team, and, you know, the scouts, is one of the best seventh round picks ever. I think even now you could say that, right? Yeah. And then this is one of the worst third picks in the draft, especially for a massive trade up, right? Because you could look at the Jets last year or two years ago with Wilson, but it's like they didn't have to trade up. It's like, how, how, who would have thought if I said, see this Trey Lance? I think there's going to be a seventh round pick on the 49ers better than him in two years. What would odds would you have given me? Uh, long, long odds. And it's, it's an exact science. Like, like what, what was the UCLA quarterback that just busted in Arizona? And, Sam and, Rosen. Yeah. So Sam Rosen, everyone Josh said Rosen. he's the most. He was like, see, we don't even Sam remember his Darn name anymore. This. So uh, he was the most NFL ready That was what start, they said. Yeah. And, and he was terrible. But seventh round and third pick. Yeah, is, I just so extreme. It's more than just seventh rounder, though. Yeah, it was the last right. pick of the draft. Like, they had a decision. It was like, all right, we could draft the guy or, like, we can let another team maybe sign him to their practice squad. And they were like, we'd rather have him yeah, than, but, let, than let somebody sign him on the practice squad. I do think that's a little deceiving because I think a third of the league is undrafted free agents, so there is a ton of yeah. competition for those, mm-hmm. you know, so... But the hours after that, after the draft ends, that's like, everyone's like, get signed. It's like crazy. The phones are yeah. ringing like crazy. Because to me, Kyle probably did a favor. I mean, let's be honest. If you're a quarterback, that's a smart quarterback. Now, do you think Trey Lance is smarter than Brock Purdy? I don't know. What was his wonder like? I don't know. Why do you, why do you, you, you know, Belichick is famous for saying stats are for losers and people think it means he doesn't like stats. He's saying, no, people who talk about stats mm. are losers because they, they only talk about it if they didn't win the game, right? Is with Trey Lance, you need to know his wonder lick, but not, you don't need to know Brock Purdy. You just need to know his record. I like Brock Purdy. I prefer him as a starter. So serious question. And then I'm going to let you go. Oh, I guess we'll talk a little NBA. What is it with you and Trey Lance? Like, like there's something, I mean, AJ, you'd had, I mean, it's like, if we found out that they were half brothers, would, I would still think, you know, Mackenzie gets a little worked up. <laughs> like, like I literally, if they were half brothers, I'd be like, man, that, that's a bit much for that. I, I think he took an early position on Trey Lance and he's he, holding on to, with their I, life. I mean, I think as long as it's, Viable. It's got any kind of life to it. He, he's holding on to it, and I, 
But I if mean, you asked him right now who he'd rather have starting this year, he'd say Brock Purdy. He because just did. here's the thing, because that also shows Kyle's brilliance. See, he's defending his cousin here, is what the, and though his cousin didn't want Trey Lance. Adam Schefter, who is the most respected news breaker in the NFL? Adam Schefter. And he's, he comes back. Ian Rappaport. No. <laughs> he, he comes back and says that it's guaranteed. He stands by it. Lombardi, who, let's be honest, he, I mean, uh, he when he says something with a fist pound, the record's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. He said, I know for a fact that Kyle didn't want Trey Lance. Mm. Now, again, did he acquiesce? Did he let the others? Do Maybe. I'm not saying he got, like, overruled in the boardroom, but that's what you got to understand about McKenzie is he thinks it looks bad for Cousin Kyle, but, but Brock Purdy redeems him, but he still doesn't. You think it would be enough to say, hey, one for two, because if you pick one seventh rounder and one third pick and you get one good quarterback, you've done better than average. So let's talk about Trey Lance real quick on that story. Okay. Because Kyle Shanahan the McKen tells the McKenzie show. Go Kyle ahead. Shanahan tells a story. Adam Schefter tells a story. To me, they're the same story mm -hmm. with different spins. Kyle Shanahan says, I really like Mac Jones. I was ready to pick him. But I also was very interested in this kid with a lot, not a lot of tape out of North Dakota State. And after a full month way, of the process, by the way, audience, the, we did I not decided Trey Lance. We did not speed up his talking. That was just his normal, like apparently paced right now. So <laughs> Do you really believe you trade up to third and you're not sure who you're going to take? Yes. If you're any good at your job, then you're going to do your due diligence. You're going to go hard on not only those two picks, but other people. Wouldn't you do your due diligence first yeah. before you trade it up? Like, I mean, let's think about it. yes or no. It's not either or. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you do more diligence, obviously. Because here's the thing is if you think you have a franchise quarterback third, the trade makes a little bit of sense. Meaning it was a lot to give, but it makes sense. If you don't think, then it'd be crazy to make that trade. And it was crazy. Because no one ever trades up for a D-tackle like that, right? Never. So it's got to be a franchise quarterback or nothing. And the question is, if, you don't, if you're looking at the third and fourth quarterback, how can you be sure if you don't know your guy that it's a franchise quarterback? The 28th and the 29th pick in the draft is worth a 50-50. It's worth a 25-75 shot at a franchise quarterback, even if 75 is the bad end. So what's been the situation where these trade-ups have worked? I mean, it doesn't seem like the way these teams— I think uh, Mahomes was traded up for. Yeah, okay, I agree. But it Good was example. But it was traded up to like 10th or 11th, which, again, was it? they the, came the, up from like 25. I think the comparison is like obviously the Mitchell Trubisky trade. Mm -hmm. I mean, Yeah, I, there's ooh, been a lot that don't work, no yeah, doubt. Mitch. that does not work. That yeah. one did not work. Robert it Griffin seems the like third. the ones being traded up for work less for yes. some reason. Yeah. Maybe that's because the picks they have to give up hurt the team later. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, Wentz was effective for a while. I don't know. It just doesn't. It's like, why would that? When you have Jimmy, you got to wonder what the Jimmy G, because if you're saying, like, who has better physical skills, Jimmy G or Brock Purdy? I think my cousin Kyle said the most telling thing he ever said about Jimmy G when they asked him, hey, have you talked to him since he's been on the Raiders? He's like, no, I would have to run into him to have a conversation with Jimmy G. There was a there was a personal disconnect there. Yeah. But who? He didn't return phone calls. Jimmy G did. Yeah. Because he was out with porn stars. Exactly. He's doing his thing. My man. <laughs> well, that is kind of badass, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? I, but I guess it might cost him. He won't him, like, get into any trouble in Vegas. None. I don't know. I, I a lot of analytics people love Jim, like um oh what's that dude we like that went to Substack? Oh, Kevin Cole. Yeah, Kevin Cole was a Jimmy G guy through and yeah. through. 
Now, when did you turn on Jimmy G? Because you, I bet you were a huge defender of him at some point, right? Yeah, it's funny. I probably defended funny. more Jimmy when G. <laughs> but just because I, I think it's – people think, oh, if you have a really good system, if a guy's wide open, it's easy. I never think any quarterback has ever won a game. Well, or, Trey Lance has proved that's speak, not the It case. didn't speak to their coolness and, and their collectiveness and their ability. I think Jimmy G's been a very effective quarterback in this league for years. All right, last question. Does it seem weird that there's two quarterbacks – that are uncertain, with uncertain futures. A seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, that played half a season and played well. And Trey Lance, who's now entering his third year and has yet to play well. But somehow with Trey Lance, you're optimistic. And But though he's played poorly, you think, hey, that isn't the truth. What we've seen isn't true. He's going to play better. But with Purdy, what we've seen, let's say Baker Mayfield's Rookie year was a lot better than Brock Purdy's, if you look at the stats. Really? Oh, yes. I mean, not with the record, because, I mean, 49ers— I thought st- Purdy had good stats. He amazing had d- stats. He had—well, not amazing. Well, just look at the numbers, mm-hmm. and let's just say this. I mean, like, the way—remember, Baker Mayfield, before his hurt fourth year— and again, he's proven himself. I don't know if he's never recovered or if he was fluky, but like that third year, he was like a like 11th or 12th best yeah, quarterback. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, and w- where would you have Brock Purdy right now? Oh, like, like 25th, 27th, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. So at, at, at Baker Mayfield's high point. Oh, yeah. And my point is that we've only seen half a season. So there's so, like the same argument with Trey Lance, which is, hey, we haven't seen enough. That I don't think what we've seen is true is different in this case because we've seen very some, but I believe it's true. But both of them lead you to be optimistic about the quarterback. Do you think there's a, bi- a little bias there? Yeah, it's a good point. But I think I'm not being biased. I'm thinking, let's just lump all our college games and all our pro games together. Uh, the division two. Yeah. This is Trey Lance's like, 20th game. Amazingly less. Like one of the historically less experienced quarterbacks to ever try a, a start at the NFL. It's going to be Brock Purdy's like 70th game in college in the pros. I think he's proven to be what he is. Trey Lance will see. Now, you do admit, what do you think the 49ers could get for uh, Trey Lance right now? Second and a sixth, something like that. And But he was three number ones. Or second, that's what he's depreciated. You think the league's wrong? Um, I think there's less of a chance that he's going to be a franchise quarterback than when they drafted him. No, I don't. It's, it's a matter of degrees. I think some people in their analysis of Trey Lance are wrong. I think some people are pretty fair, like but Stephen league, Ruiz the at the ringer. Con- the league consensus is that he's worth a two and a six, you're saying, as opposed to three ones. Yeah, the lottery's been halfway scratched off. Lottery ticket's been halfway scratched off. Fez, uh, before the witness is excused, do you have any questions? Yes. So oh, if this number on San Francisco was 11 instead of 11 and a half, would you immediately say, oh, you know, that looks wrong? No. If but- the number was 12, what would we be doing right now? Unloading on the under, I We'd guess. be caravanning to Arizona to unload on under 12. So this goes back to like the rule of yeah. one half in yeah. terms of we talk about the yeah. rule of two for a spread. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. rule of one half on the season win. Well, under 12 is the world's greatest bet. Under 11 and a half has to be a really good bet. Here's the thing. Defense doesn't stick year to year. It, Great it's, point. It's less sticky. Their D was really good. Um have we ever seen a team built on receivers and running? You know, like maybe how maybe we're going to look back and say this is the greatest show on turf kind of thing because he did do a lot of things with those chess pieces. Oh, no doubt. Uh, McCaffrey's health is always going to be a question, right? Um, I think, I mean, how you've been feeling about Seattle? I think Seattle's going to win nine games. I love I think, that. I, I, th- I think there's like no real. They don't have a, a real high do. ceiling. I don't think they have a high ceiling. We're just counting on everyone else sucking in their division, and that could happen. But let me ask you a question. 
<coughs> the the Jags went from two first two number one picks in a row to a team that had KC on the ropes. Mm-hmm. These, I mean, Philly went from tanking in theory the first year uh, with Hurts to the Super Bowl and the the best roster in football. Like, doesn't doesn't Seattle deserve the benefit of the doubt that the idea that they're topped at nine? I don't get it. I, I'm worried about Geno Smith regressing a bit. Yeah, becoming but let's a, say like Gino's a, a number capable, 16. exactly a little set sixteen to twenty starter. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Trevor Lawrence, everyone's expecting you know to continue to progress. But, but we didn't know that entering year. We two. did not. No. But by the way, that's my second team, Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, Fez, that's game number one. We dug deep, or team number one. Let's go team number two. Team number two, Jacksonville Jaguars, 10.5. When did the Jaguars suddenly become an elite team? I like under. I uh, I think this is irrational exuberance for a team somewhat on the come. I know they got an easy schedule with a bad division, but um, I think it's a leap of faith for the Jacksonville Jaguars suddenly to be expected to have a 50-50 chance to have an 11-win season. We talked about this last week a little. Is Their cap situation isn't what you'd expect. I think this could be a down year. Uh, I tend to agree with you 100%. And I think the number is inflated because the public is falling in love with this team based on what they saw last season. Yes, and I think we, frankly, they could be on pace to get 11 wins, and we could just steal this one when they clinch the division week Mm. 16, and then they mail it in in their final game being the division champs because, frankly, I don't think any of their opponents are going to win you know, more than eight games. Yeah. So It reminds me a lot of last year when we were trying to say, well, who's going to be the team when Tampa falls off this year? Who's going to be the team from the NFC South that steps up? And it turns out they were all terrible. <laughs> like, I, I don't know that Jacksonville is suddenly like great. I, I mean, they they looked decent at their, they, they looked better than decent at the end of the year. They gave Kansas City a push. Uh, but you're right. This number feel like this assumes that they are arrived and not going anywhere. The fact that they are the same the same ten and a half can be had on the Buffalo Bills. Against the versus Jacksonville Jaguars is alarming to me. Yeah, it's a great point with Buffalo also at ten and a half. By the way, I did sum up. Um, I normalized it for the Vigs. What do these season wins average to currently? Not surprising. We talk about the bias towards optimism in the NFL. Well, they should sum to like eight point four, eight point four four, because it's eight and a half, seventeen game season, and ties. We would expect there'll be a couple ties, so maybe eight point four two. But it's 8.6. Now, that sounds like a trivial difference, and it really isn't because if you adjust for – if you assume you're laying minus $1.10 in each direction, what this is saying that if you played every team to go under, you should break even. But if you play every team over, you're going to lose substantially because of that, um, even if there aren't any ties. And if there are ties, it's even more magnified. So um, I'm looking to play unders, not overs. And Jacksonville, like San Francisco, I land on the under, under 10.5. What's your next team, Fez? Next team, and I'm going to be real curious to hear what RJ says. This is, in fact, my best bet. I don't know if we want to cue the music. This is one of those hedge fund positions where I'm going to play both sides of a team. Oh, I like this. Let's go Baltimore Ravens. So the Baltimore Ravens over-under on season wins is 8.5, a a little vague to the over. Obviously, this is a very difficult-to-price um, option here because we don't know Lamar Jackson. We don't know the situation. So let's assume he's there. Let's assume he's not. What do you see the numbers being? If he's there, I think it's going to be like 9.75. If he leaves, I think it's going to go down to like 7.5. 
and I think this is pricing him like he's got close to a 50-50 chance. What do you uh, What do you think? I don't think it's 50-50. I think it's a lot less than a lot less, yeah. that he's going to play. But maybe it's a situation they're going to hate it, but they but if he plays without without wanting to really be there, how much does that affect the team? Yeah, and it's and it's a very it's very complicated. And frankly, I was going to stay far far away because right. I'm really not sure, but here's why I'm betting it. Because I'm going to bet I'm going to one way to bet pro Baltimore, one way to bet anti Baltimore. The pro Baltimore is on the season win. I'll play over eight and a half, lay minus a dollar twenty. All right. Okay. The anti Baltimore, I could not believe this number, and this number is out there right now in Nevada. William Hill, will Baltimore make the playoffs? I bet no, plus one thirty. So, okay, so you just have a rogue mispriced number, right? Exactly. So think about this: if Baltimore. Goes um, under eight and a half. They're not going to make. The, they're not going to make the playoffs in the AFC if they win eight games. Mm-hmm. All right, AFC's the better eight conference. And nine, yeah, eight and nine's not going to do it. I don't think nine and eight's going to do it. Frankly, I think the odds is less than fifty percent, especially it, in that division. Exactly. So I see this as a free roll where if they win nine, I'm like, I think I win both. I think they win nine games. They go over eight and a half. They don't make the the, the playoffs. If they win ten, then they're yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs, but they'll go over the eight and a half. So you you got nine, you think, as as a scoop. Exactly. And I don't even need to scoop because my VIG is minus 120 on the season win bet, but I'm getting plus 130 on the no playoff. So I'm already getting a 10-cent scalp if I go one and one. So it's that plus money. Won't make the playoffs, then no. No playoffs, any, plus is, 130. you saying there's no way that you get scooped. I don't see any possible way. Their Baltimore is not making the playoffs with eight wins. Eight and nine team in the AFC is not making the playoffs. Not in that division. All right, so let's forget for a second that you've got a hedge there, and let's talk about the uncertainty with Baltimore, because I hear all the time, how do you bet that if you don't know Mm -hmm. Lamar's going to be there? In general, I say, hey, you accept the randomness that comes from not knowing, and you handicap otherwise. But when it's such an effect where it's hard to imagine a situation you'd have a good bet on the over if he doesn't play, and it's hard to imagine that you'd have a good bet on the under if he does play, this is effectively predicting or betting if he plays or not for, yeah. for the Ravens. Yes, if you were just making w- one of these bets. Yeah. And, and and what I'm saying is that I just don't have enough uh, my fingers on the pulse of what's yeah. going on. I don't think anyone does. Yeah. Well, couldn't you make that same case uh, that you're, you know, mm-hmm. for the New York Jets? Because if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, nine and a half is anyone, an absurd I don't number. think anyone thinks they're not. Is it really? Because what I'm saying is they wouldn't have um, Wilson. Who so, would they have? I mean, I don't know. who They can trade for someone. I, I think it's 90% Rodgers is going I think it's to, over 90%. Yeah. But I'm saying— I'm being I'm not, conservative. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm hearing people saying the deal is done. Yes. You know, but I don't know. But my question to you is, the Jets— Now, again, D isn't as sticky, but they almost— uh, it felt like if they had average or even 20th quarterback play last year, they probably would have made the playoffs. I, I agree, but the problem is if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, they can't get 20th quarterback play because then they're looking at, you know, what? My, Mike White, Zach Wilson stuff is – and it, I think it's too well, late Mike in the White's game. Mike White's already signed somewhere else. Well, I, I mean, that level of player. Well, Mike White well, – listen, if Mike White played the whole year, they make the playoffs. I think it's Miami. You want Miami? Uh, yeah, I, I think is so. that right? Yeah. So, Scott, you're, you you follow the Jets closely. What mm-hmm. do you think? Mike Greenberg said something interesting on uh, a Pat McAfee's show. He said he, he's never cursed on the air uh, in a live radio setting. But if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, he will 
drop an <laughs> F-bomb on the air. <laughs> and I think that's how all Jets fans feel. But to me, I have no idea what's keeping this up because we heard it had to do with the 13th overall pick. Mm-hmm. Then we heard it didn't have to do with the 13th well, overall pick. Supposedly Green Bay accepted that they're not going to get Exactly. It. So then what, what, what exactly is the holdup? Well, whatever the compensation is going to be beyond or instead of that. How can this be difficult? There's, you have a player that, that has already publicly announced that he plans to play for a certain team. Well, I mean, that, that, I mean the fact that that seems to mean – I mean, first off, I don't think Green Bay has it in their interest to resist him. Mm-hmm. But the fact he wants to play there, like, what does that even mean? I mean, I guess there's a lot of practical reality to it because – I, I, I think ultimately the Jets wind up making a concession. And and they'll pull this deal off by giving up probably a little bit too much. As long as it's not the 13th overall pick, I think Jets fans have to be happy. What do you think is fair compensation for Rodgers? At this point in his career? Give it a... You haven't contemplated this? Two seconds. It's so, fun. like, it's so funny that Jets fans are saying I think that's a lot. That. I, I mean, clearly Aaron Rodgers is very valuable to the Jets. The Jets aren't a playoff team if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. They are if they if they get him. Like uh, that seems like very valuable. Well, he's Rodgers. very valuable because they don't have a quarterback at all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And everybody's like, we can't give up the 13th. If the 13th pick well, takes you already, from, they've already won that argument. They're not giving up the 13th pick, right? Green Bay's come out and said it. Okay, if there's more than like if if you don't want to give up two seconds to like to go from a non-playoff team to a playoff team, then what what are you even did doing you, trading for him? Did you watch the Sopranos? Yeah. Remember the scene where they had the house and they had to get the metal out of the house and they paid some people to go in and shoot yeah, it up? Yeah, And Tony says, that's why you're a politician and not a businessman. <laughs> Maximum value. Yeah. I mean, the jet, these teams are – these GMs mm-hmm. are built to trade. They're built to try to get over on the next guy. But it's rare that a, a quarterback gets moved. A quarterback like Aaron Rodgers gets traded. Well, lately it hasn't been as rare. But you're right. I mean, it's, it's certainly evolved in that direction. I, I want to question the idea of what the Jets, Fez, what should the Jets total be? Um, who could they Who could they get a quarterback? Let's say this falls through. I mean, they could trade for like an, they could give a lot for Andy Dalton or something and get. Andy Dalton's already taken. Yeah, yeah but that I, would I, be I, the no, guy. What I'm saying yeah. is that it's not like he can't be traded. They could get. Um, Kobe Brissett. Indianapolis gets think, a quarterback and they get Gardner Minshew. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, right, if you have Andy Dalton as a backup. And the Jets come in and offer you a number two for him. Yeah. You're giving him up fast. No doubt. So, like, you know, if they had Andy Dalton who played like he did last year, the Jets make the playoffs if they their D plays like last year. I Andy Dalton actually played pretty well last year. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, you don't think that, I don't think the Jets make the playoffs with Andy Dalton. I think the Jets will win eight games. Well, if the and again, it's another conditional. But if the defense plays like last year, there's no chance. I mean, Andy Dalton is much better than their general quarterback play. Yeah, last that's a year. good. That's a good point. But, but I'm the, not, I don't think the defense is going to play. You know, be as predictive as last year. It's a good point. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree generally. But it's a young D. Like in a weird way, that those young Ds tend to be a little stickier than the old. You know, it's like, so like there's a lot of new players coming. Right? They got Gardner uh, at corner. Who's they, but if they're going to win nine with Dalton, then they're going to win eleven with Rodgers. Right. Well, it, it, does Rodgers drop off? If Rodgers yeah. drops off the same amount he did from his second MVP season to last year one more time, he's below average. I was going to say, Rodgers won, he just won, what, seven games with a team that he's been on his whole career? And now we're thinking he's just going to, you know, move. Well, you're the and, one saying, you're, you're contradicting yourself. You're saying a how, little bit. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I just, 
That's I don't a know. good point. If, if, if Rogers is only two points better than Dalton, he's only worth one game. What I will say is the but n- number two, like one number two, two number twos I think is too much. Sorry to interrupt, but the uh, in general, it seems like they're going to get him cheap enough. That, now again, the money's a lot, and there's two years on the contract. So, but I'm sorry, AJ. I, I was going to say I'd like to find a way to to want to back the Jets because I'm I'm bearish on Buffalo and I'm bearish on Miami this season. Bearish but, on Buffalo, yeah. I mean, it, relative to expectations, I, I, I still think they're I, they're the best team in that division, but I don't think they're as good as they've been the last two seasons. I tell you this, Fez, I didn't give my team. I'm going to give you a team. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I gave Seattle a while back. I like Miami over. Ooh, why? I I believe if you actually look at this coach, he was a first year coach. That pass what, me that green button. All right, let me take a look at the odds first, real quick. <laughs> I liked him over the number I made, so oh. I want to check real quick. I, I think Mike McDaniel looks a little bit like Rob Pizzola. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, so it's 9.5, and, a half and uh, I, I get plus 110 because it's 9.4. So 9.5, I get plus 110. I mean, that's the only way it can be. It has to yeah, be something. that's the market. Okay. All right, you pressing? Right, I love that number. Jesus, God, that's a bet. I'm going to bet that, too, more. Um what do you think of that, Fez? I mean, listen, that coach was – let's be honest. The Shanahan's can coach, all right? They, this was the guy they said he's the smart one, right? Mm-hmm. He comes in there and when two – think about this. This team made the playoffs with two of missing what, like five or six games? I got to look at their schedule because if the Jets get Rodgers, after the Jets get Rodgers, that division suddenly, you know, that much better. You know, I, but although Buffalo won't be as good. You know, I, mean, I, I want to look. They at have this. to go nine and eight to lose his bat. The AFC is good, man. Oh Jesus Christ! It's the same thing you said last year. And the Raiders sucked, and and fucking Chargers sucked. I mean, yeah, because the, the Baltimore... AFC is good, man. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not good if there's like multiple teams that are. Oh, it's good, but it's not like unbelievable. When you got ten... Chargers won ten games. Oh, they were horrible. <laughs> But, but you're right. They that's, went under. They're supposed to win 10.25. Yeah, that shows you how easy it is to win 10 games. I mean, their stat, their underlying stats were even worse than that, if you can imagine. Uh, I agree. The problem with Miami is, like you're saying, you're talking about Tua like he was hurt last year. That's an aberration. Like, I don't know that Tua's going to play football, you know, well, going Well, it's a good forward. point. Like, He's well, one concussion off, away from major, major reevaluation. I don't believe that to be the case, or I don't think they bring him back. I don't. Th- I mean, we'll see. Mm. But who who made up the rule that that you have? How many? What is the rule, by the way? Like, there seems to be a rule now about concussion. Like, what is it? If you have four concussions, then you're like you you because there's people you, that it's had twenty or thirty concussions. That, I'm not that saying that's like, a good thing. That was I'm, like old school. Like, yeah. But what like, I'm saying is, who's ever got shut down in his prime? Meaning. I know, like Troy Aikman, eventually, like they say, yeah. it's concussions when they're <laughs> when they're done, right? Mm-hmm. But who's been a young player at quarterback that's that's had his career cut? I, short? It's a great point, but I think t- the times they were changing about okay. all this, you know. So that's the question. I mean, now, like, I'll give you an example. Pick, um, you know, the Steelers quarterback Pickett had two concussions this year. Mm. So I think two is official numbers too. But- now, Supposedly there was a third one, you know, and what was that? And it was just uh, national TV, the way his body convulsing. It's just... It it, It sounds a lot like the the Buffalo Bills argument is, yeah, I I think at the time, but do you think the next year it's going to affect... I do think so. A $50 million quarterback. I think so. I mean, Luke Keekley retired because of concussions. He was like one of the better linebackers. Well, that was voluntary. slowing down. I mean, what I'm saying is he had... How many concussions do you think he had? I don't know. 
I mean, way more than I know. Reported. Jordan Jordan Reed had like seven when he retired. It was like a, a nightmare. Well, I think there's people that's had like a lot of concussions. Uh, well, look look up Keekling and just say like what his estimate of concussions is. But Fez, who is the person that's going to make that? Are you talking about Miami making that decision? Or meaning the Dolphins are going to cut him, or Tua is going to retire himself because the league isn't going to come in and force anything. Well, both. Tua has talked about this this very topic, was discussing with his family and the like. And the Dolphins it's are very blah blah blah. But blah. but yeah, but more importantly, the Dolphins. Are, it's not more importantly because there's, the a, there's a dozen meeting, teams that will take the them. Dolphins are meeting with their legal teams about 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 of what they, you know uh, you know where they could be liable given you know the the, the, the path. They was liable about letting him play in a game after he had a concussion yeah. not a year later. So they feel like well. There's already past transgressions okay, so that they've had, so they've got to be. We're talking about Tua's career, right? You're right. The, 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 the Dolphins have to be very conservative with Tua, but the other teams do not. You're right about that. That's that's a great point. Would you make a bet that Mike White starts a game for the Dolphins next year? Oh, for sure I would. Yeah. I mean, I think if Over I Over under get... one and a half starts from Mike White. Is that right? No, I'm asking you. Oh. Over under one and a half starts from Mike White. I would, my guess would be three. Yeah. And and I mean, and that's because to an injury or just yeah, because yeah. be, gets being hurt other than concussions two, yeah. too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Keekley I mean, had three in three years when he retired. Well, I got to tell you something. I got a feeling it was more than that. Yep, it could be. But why haven't we heard a word from Pickett? Listen, I'm not trying to minimize great point. CTE. Yeah. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to say it feels like that being on TV. I, I think you're right, and it exacerbated the public discourse or the public like shock at it. I don't know. Would Miami – listen, this owner in Miami is uh, half dead. I mean, he's like he's like 83 years old. He wants a title. I don't think he goes in with just two if they, if, if one concussion is going to knock him out. That's, that's I mean, true. I don't know. I mean, you think you'd do better in Mike White if that – you know, again, I like Mike White. McKenzie had something up and he took it down. Scientists agree that it is repetitive sub concu- – what's that word? Subconcussive impacts. Concussive, okay. Impacts from repeated hits that tackling machine like Keekly Special. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Well, see, that's the whole thing with the UFC, right? The theory is the boxers could have gotten like a ton of like repeated hits because they don't they don't go out. Exactly. In UFC, it's one massive shot, but in theory, even if the, I mean, again, a massive shot can kill you, but. Is if it does, you know, if you get fortune or whatever, it doesn't lead as much to the CT down yeah. the road. Well, then what, the fact we're saying three concussions that does, in three years doesn't seem like something that would retire someone, right? But as I mean, I think that's what McKenzie's making the case from from Google is that maybe there was a lot of them. It's you know obviously the brain. I mean, if someone's limping around. It's one thing. I mean, no one wants to limp, but you know, right? But you know, if you can't play with your kids, I mean, yeah. obviously that's been the big hubbubaloo. I think like when I started really taking concussion seriously, you get around Earl Campbell now, mm-hmm. and it's like if you if you're around that guy and you don't take concussion seriously, then you, so it's not just his hips, his concussion. It, yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah. everything. Hmm. Now. Campbell, like to me, that brings up, and, and we'll move on. Like the thrill in Manila, I always bring that up. I think some of the greatest moments in human history was in that fight. I mean, you've seen that, yeah. right? I mean, just like it was a war, and it was like, like something you would expect to see on a battlefield, like, like literally, like life. And and they both never were the same. And it's hard to say if Ali would have quit the, at this point or that point, what would have happened. But we know that they say that you know. I think Ferdy Pacheco. I don't know if he quit before his doc, the doctor they call, uh, but he was an MD. 
I don't know if he quit before that or not, but at a certain point around there, it was like, no, I can't be involved anymore. If I, and remember, Ali had, I mean, that Thrill in Manila was like, I think that was 75, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, he fought for like six more years after that. And he had, and the funny thing is that rope adobe that he did against Foreman, he, that's all he did at the end. He would just mm -hmm. take shots for round and he'd win like a split decision because Ali got the vote. You know, he was a warrior, but man. Um, but you watch that thrill in Manila and you think, would I, tr if I could snap my fingers and like make Joe Lewis when he was, or Joe Lewis, Joe Frazier when he was alive, not have impairment to lose this fight. Yeah, you think in your heart you should, but it's like, man, I mean, it's very gladiator style in that, like, we like it when people suffer for for their sport in a weird way. Wouldn't you say? I mean, absolutely. And it's just like you can't reconcile it because it really is like, but then someone could say, I don't know Joe Frazier, mm -hmm. so I want to be entertained. So I don't know. My favorite thing about that fight is. Oh. The like when Ali said after he was going to quit, yeah, that he he had told his trainer to cut his gloves off because he couldn't fight anymore, and his trainer ignored him, and basically Joe Frazier retired right before Ali could. Like they were, they both wanted they they finished the fourteenth round. Oh my god! And they said ne neither one of them wanted to fight a fifteenth. <laughs> I mean, think about the it, biggest Donald. fight in history, and both of them were like, no. And screw that. I'm not going back out there. The funny thing was, is they fought 15 rounds the first fight, and, and Frazier won. That was the fight of the century, mm -hmm. right? Second fight wasn't as big, but it went 15, if I'm not mistaken. Third fight goes one round from 15. So it's like it took 44 rounds. For them to be like, I'm done fighting this guy. <laughs> but 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 somehow Ali, I mean, and then when you look at Ali, he like stands up, he lifts up his arms, and he sits right back down. Yeah. I mean, he like, said it was the closest to dying he'd ever been. Oh, man. what? But I tell you, man, I know Parkinson's and all that. It was like, I don't know. You know, it's like, it's like, the, it's like the question of, I, I was listening on The Ringer. They were they had uh, Whiplash, the movie about the drummer. Have you guys seen mm -hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know it is. That's yeah. a great movie. It is, but it's like, what's the cost of greatness? You know, and I, I, obviously no one knows for sure what's going to happen. But uh, did you have anything else on the fight? No, I was just going to say, like, th that fight is a great example of why I love fight sports. Like, I, there's some, I love sports in general, but when there's just two guys who are locked in a room or locked in a cage or in a ring and it's like, Hey, we're gonna go until one of us can't go anymore. There's something beautiful about that, and like the idea Best that those fight I've ever seen those guys fought 44 rounds, yeah. and at the same time we're both like, I'm not fighting a 45th. I'm like, oh my god, that's that's just unbelievable. That's another uh, D Dundee outsmarted him again. Yep. <laughs> um, Fez, I mean the, the analogy is chess is Kasparov and Karpov. We've talked about that. They they played like five different world championships and was split by like one game. It's just amazing. It, yeah. it really is. It really is. I thought you were going to go. The analogy was like the hell in the cell when when they have the Undertaker. <laughs> Are you and Johnny up, watching wrestling up, up against Mick Foley? Yeah. Well, they just sold for ten million or ten billion. <laughs> um, okay, so last thing on the Dolphins, they get the best defensive coordinator in football, Fangio, right? So you, you bring in the best defensive coordinator in football. It kind of replicates what you had with McVay and Wade Phillips, where it's like he can focus on the offense, mm -hmm. right? let, let Fangio do his thing. They you know the offense is going to be good. Oh, my gosh. I mean, if two is healthy, yeah. I, 
I mean, if I say let's compare Miami to San Fran, if you tell me two is healthy, I think Miami's just as good. And Miami's nine and a half, and San Fran's eleven and a half with I'm a saying. much better quarterback. So you know, but there is two much a bigger division, San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's fair, especially with the Rams down. Yeah, and Arizona's way down. They're, they might be the worst. Now, last thing I would say, I think maybe the better bet here is to win the division. Because I agree with AJ. I think Buffalo's down a little bit. I think Aaron Rodgers is more smoke than fire. Mm. And I think Miami could have two out for a big mm. chunk of the year. So why not make it a nice payoff where if he plays most of the games, they have a nice is, chance. Is it a nice payout? What is it? 3-1. to one. It's a pretty nice number. I think Miami's in big... I, I don't like the division. If they win, If they win 10 or 11... I, I, ten isn't going to do it. Ooh. If they win nine, they're not winning the division. If they win ten, they're they, they go over, but they're not winning the division. It's going to take at least eleven wins. Look at this, Fez. It was plus three seventy last week. Now it's three hundred. So I haven't heard anyone talking Dolphins either. I just yeah. I, I maybe it's know. just the anti Jets because I mean, there's oh. barely Rogers any hasn't happened yet. The Jets have gone from two uh, two plus two thirty to plus two forty. The Bills haven't moved. The Patriots haven't moved. It's yeah, all yeah. So what I think is going to happen when Aaron Rodgers signs officially, Jets will get some action. I'm, and the I'm other, pl- and then Miami Dolphins. will get anti. Yeah, yeah I, I, I exactly. Agree. I agree. That's, yeah. a, that's such a the, the division wall. Everyone will immediately. We got to bet the Jets to win the division. You're right. I like. That. I like that. Isn't that the perfect uh, illustration of the cockroach bookies? Yeah, yeah. No, nobody else's odds move, but clo- somehow it's a closed loop. Yeah, it's a closed <laughs> loop. Well, they said we got to get our commi- our hold up just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, so Fez, I made a call. I think we because we still got to talk to Mackenzie about the NBA, um, and I, I, you know, I, I got a feeling I'm going to do well in this debate with him because we are going to talk MVP. Mm-hmm. But I think we wait for your little drama for next week. We got we had a lot Sounds of talk, good. and and it's nothing like. It, it, You've at length been lamenting. You, you've been barred from sports betting at the South Point. It kind of spilled over to social media, spilled over to some media outlets. We're going to tell your side. Well, you've told your side. And I, and I mean, AJ, as far as I can see, it seems like that a lot of people sign with Fez on this. No doubt. Like, I think that people, Joe Blow looks at the casino as they, they win all the time. And then when someone wins against them and they say they take their ball and go home, they, they think it's a bad look on the casino. I think that's what it feels like. That's what most people's sentiment is here. You know, Steve, if you want, because here's the thing. We talked a little on Saturday, and you were going to do a, a media hit. And I think you did a pretty good job, actually. It was quite – your personality came – it's so funny because everyone's like, he's gentle and he's so kind. And I'm like, who are they talking about? They said, Fez. I go, what? No. I'm a dad now. I'm no, not like 2008 Fez. Oh, what's that? What's that? He goes, I ain't like that now. Oh, Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. Mm. Remember the whole time? He's like, I heard you killed tw- you know, 22 people. In the-. He goes, I don't, I'm not like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're like Eastwood and Unforgiven now. I'll take it. But <laughs> Fez never in his life thought he'd hear someone say that. Oh, Eastwood. Oh, I love Million Dollar Baby. Oh, by great. The way. Yeah. I love it. All right. So here's what I'm thinking maybe you have a five minute kind of brain dump on SOVAM where you can give your side. And then next week, I'll be your advocate and do 10 minutes on it. And again, I don't think you need it. I think you've won this debate. But why not? I, I, listen, personally, when someone's down, I like to kick him in the ribs myself. If, if I'm competing against him is what I'm saying. But that's me. You're a dad. 
You're soft. I mean, or, or you're cuddly. I can be cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think of Fez and cuddly? I'm a dad. I don't think anybody calls me cuddly. Well, when you shave. <laughs> I mean, it's, you think when you shave that head, you just go down the cheeks. I could. No, I, I, it's a good look. I tell you, not, I don't know how you look with hair, but like you got a good shaved head. There's certain people that's got a good shaved head, and there's people that don't for that. Thank you. Don't you agree, Scott? Yeah, certain people can pull off. A bald look. I wouldn't be good bald. I would not be good bald. Do you do you shave in the sh- a, a bald head in the shower, or do you just or do it outside the shower? I, I you, I've got a uh, razor that can do either. Okay, he's, he's, either way, his pool costs like eighty k. You think you think yeah, he doesn't have some special? You don't think he has some special cost, razor? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, so S O V A M. That will be on Wednesday morning. Edition, you'll be talking a little bit, and don't I think put it later in this? Don't overdo it, but it's your show, it's your show. I just don't you want to get bogged down. And now, against my recommendations, <laughs> we br- welcome back in Mackenzie Rivers, who is an NBA specialist. Last year, put together one of the great I mean, seriously, one of the great NBA seasons I've ever seen recorded. And uh, it was, what, 300 and some picks, like 57%. That's right. Not easy to do. How's this year going? 56%. I got to tell that, I mean, he doesn't seem like, it's shocking. (laughs) It's shocking. Now, you've got got your props in there. You got your sides. uh, You got your totals. It's impressive. And, I mean, what you need to evaluate is, I think, the first month or two of the year, because I mean, if I'm not mistaken, your first year, it was a slow start. Yeah. Second year, slow start as well. And, yep. and if you say like, I don't know if it's January one or whatever, it's been a month. It's had to be almost 60, right? Yeah. Last year I was 60% after the all-star break this year. I think I'm 60% after the all-star break. Okay. Pretty amazing, huh? I, I think it's only amazing the first time. Once you do it again, it's like, Oh no, I was much more. No, no, no. <laughs> it's hard to maintain. Yeah. I mean, look at his hair. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's not easy. All right. So we're going to do rapid fire here. Cause I mean, next week, the focus of the entire show or most of the show is going to be NBA playoff preview. And last year, Mackenzie and I did, uh, I can't remember the scenario, but we did a solo preview. I think Scott lost a tire or had his tire. He couldn't yeah, make it. I can't remember. And 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 um, you and I, we talked about it. And I mean, I, I'll give you more credit. We talked about Golden State. If you actually look when they were healthy, yep, that they were like, hey, this team's very good. It's just, are they going to be? And they were playing. Uh, I'm sorry, they were playing the tall guy that they drafted number two Wiseman yep. Wiseman and he was horrible for him but when they had that core group I think you actually deserve more credit because you were the one saying Draymond Green at a certain point was this Steph Curry hasn't been playing for a while but at the beginning of the season he mm-hmm. was this mm-hmm. if all of this comes together they should be the title favorites that was you now Steph Curry thank you Steph Curry uh has had a good year when he's played you're an optimist on on uh Golden State yep. now the question is because if you look at the standings it's like Phoenix is pretty much locked into four. And now you got the Clippers and Golden State that's either going to be five or six. Or they could be other, but it's that's the main thing. And the question becomes, okay, do you want to play the Clippers? Or do you want to play the number three seed Sacramento? And here's the other piece of it. Or I guess it's do you want to play the Suns or Sacramento? If you're the Clippers, 
I think you want to play Sacramento, right? If you're yes. going state, you want to play Sacramento. Oh, but the, here's the last piece. The last piece is these teams could fall to seven. So if you mess around, you could say, I want to be six, but if you fall to seven, you're in the plan. And that's a disaster. What do you give us your thoughts on Phoenix? The whole end. I want to talk not so much their playoff chances, but what do you see for the end of the season? I think the title favorites are right in the middle of the West. The best teams in the West: the Suns, Clippers, Warriors, and then I think the Lakers are rising. Those are the teams I'm worried so about. So you like the Lakers more than the Nuggets? They're close. I probably like the Nuggets more, but it's not that big of a gap. So let's do another bet. You get I'll get plus one thirty. I mean, what what when you say close, what do you mean? Um, I think the Nuggets are a point better than the Lakers. All right, so how how so, would you? But you want to go advance like farther? Like last last longer, yeah. Only problem with that is the Lakers could be in the play, and Nuggets have no chance of that. I agree. You, you get a you get the outside chance. Well, how's this? Yeah, sound? That's why I don't want to bet. That how's way. this sound? We'll only have a bet if the Lakers are in the top six. If not, it's so a the pa- Nuggets have home court advantage. Yeah, it's plus one thirty. I feel good that I'm even considering a bet on the Lakers. I feel like I'm I'm being not biased. How's this? I'm going to give you plus one forty. <laughs> oh, I'm taking it then. Let's. Go. All right, so three hundred plus one forty. Go ahead. Could you not make the bet if the Lakers are well? The bet's the, made, I, but if the Lakers wind up in the play-in game, but they make the playoffs, would we not make that bet? <laughs> that's as an well? interesting point. I, I thought that was the scenario we were doing. Where if they're in the playoffs, yeah, plus that's one good. Forward. Yeah, I right? would that, see, that, that basically I think that's, that's even like, better. I think that's even better. They might face off in the first round. I wouldn't have interrupted you if it wasn't a good idea. Well, let's be honest, Fez. Whenever you start talking, when I'm negotiating a bet, the bet usually dies. <laughs> I, I understand, but I knew this was, <laughs> this a, was a good suggestion. <laughs> All right, so we got two good bets. I tell you, remember, you know, there's the old song, you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older Another day and deeper older. in debt. Yeah. Mackenzie might be working off his debt, you know. <laughs> I think I'm getting the best of these, Fez. What do you think? Oh, I I, I think so. It's, it turns into like, you know, that Erie Canal and like, what 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 is that like Gordon Lightfoot song with about the, the sink, the ship that's Are you and Johnny listening to the like Superior? Now? You guys know it. They. All right, we're going to turn Fez's mic off. Yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> All right. The Fitzgerald. So right Edward. now, if you're like, let's say, Van, uh, Vancouver, the Grizzlies, who are you afraid of? Meaning you think you think Phoenix? Now, you really look at the Clippers. When's Paul George due back? Uh, they're going to reevaluate in three weeks, which would be right at the beginning, you know, a couple weeks ago, right at the beginning of the playoffs. All right, so but evaluate means it's possible that he's – not, I mean, like, would you expect yeah. him in the first round? I would expect him in midway through the first round. Okay. Huh. <laughs> going to be a second round if he doesn't come back. Well, if they play the Suns, probably not. No. That's interesting. Like, do, I guess you can't be too scared. I mean, if anything, in a weird way, if you think you can win it, you'd rather play Phoenix early because you'd rather catch Durant when he's still a little rusty, maybe. I don't think he's rusty. He's 20-2 and two in his last 22 games, Nets and Suns. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> so what? So what's the odds right now? Let me pull those up. So Fez, I mean, if you had to pick someone out of the West, who would it be? I, I mean, you're going to sharpen up your pencil for the playoffs, but Phoenix. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the title odds in the West, the Suns have the best odds at plus five fifty. Nuggets, which you just bet me, plus seven fifty, looking pretty good right now. Warriors thirteen to one. Grizzlies fourteen to one. Lakers twenty to one. Clippers twenty to one. So Lakers twenty to one. Grizzlies. Oh, I'm sorry. Denver seven to one. Seven fifty. Okay. Never like the altitude teams. But the plus 130 kind of works. Plus 140, for that. but yeah. Oh, is that 140? Um, now, by the way, if they're, if they're both in the first round and one team goes five games and loses, the Push. other team goes four and loses. No, but the game count matters. It's lasts just, longer. Makes sense. It's last long, but it's, not by, it's by game. It's not going to be by calendar. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Um, if they both oh, get, so if you lose four to one, you win if the other team gets swept four zero. Yeah, yes. because oh, you, okay. You went uh, to the fifth game of the series. Okay, right. I like that. that's fair. What would you put the price on this? Lakers against Denver. Given they both make the playoffs, two fifty. De- Denver minus two twenty five. Yeah, I like that. Uh, no vig. Yeah, well, no, no. But I, you know, I don't, I don't like. Like I said, I'm always when when Utah was making the playoffs and Denver, I always I, looked to play I've against. Looked, them. I've looked at this. It, yeah, I I was looking at that because I was going to make that point, and I looked at this. You playing Utah the night before, then Denver on no rest, and it's like historically or in the last like five years, it hasn't really worked. Against the spread, though, yeah, because but the spread is aware of it, so the spread like 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 corrects so much for it. Hmm, that's interesting. So, well, you know what? How about this for next week? It will be a good topic when we do the outbreak and all the data for it. But your theory is that in the playoffs, you never play back to back. And there's a certain number of games during the year that Denver gets to play at altitude at home in which they have an opponent that's tired anyway. And that's almost like a scheduled win is what you think. Yeah. And, and so you get um, you will get some 30 point wins that go into your underlying stats and the like that make you look like like a much better record. team. Yeah. And your record. AJ, you had something? Yeah. One thought on that makes me like McKenzie's side a little. Great. Yeah. Is. This bet assumes that the Lakers finish in the top six, right? No, it assumes that they're in the top eight after the play-in. Yep. Oh, okay. But then, it's like, well, you think they're getting fatigued from one extra no, game? No, uh, but my thought was if they make the if they made the top six, it, they were going to be the sixth. Yeah. Which means they would get oh. Sacramento, and a- everyone's fighting for that. Everyone's Sacramento. fighting for Sacramento, and the Nuggets in the second round presumably would get the Suns, who nobody wants. Well, no, in the second round. Oh, yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, but if the Lakers got sick, I, mean, I tell you this, what do you think the odds would be Lakers in Sacramento? Because I've heard people say that maybe that Lakers would be favored. So Sacramento's home. That's usually minus 140. Sacramento maybe with the great home court advantage is minus 150. Uh, but I think the Lakers are probably a point better. So it's going to be close to pick them, I think. I think the Lakers would be favored. I think that's just the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. maybe not deservedly. Yeah, I agree. As a fan of basketball, I want to see LeBron with another shot. You know, sure. I mean, just to be in the playoffs. So does the NBA? Well, because the COVID championship never happened. Now I want. Well, I wonder if the fact the Lakers have had like 250 more foul shots. Have that's you seen insane. this stat? Yes, the number one free throw disparity. I think number two was 100 free throw shots less. The heat. But I think it's just to get him in the playoffs. I don't, I mean, like in general, it feels like it started right after that, or at least most of it. Or, or, I think I think the Illuminati podcast was talking about this is it started right after that Boston game, yeah. which LeBron didn't get the call. Yeah, you know, the irony of all this is that the most um, one sided refereed series of all time is indeed the Sacramento Lakers series where Sacramento was robbed. Undisputed. Yeah. All right. So. Let's talk quickly. Milwaukee, Boston, Philly. Philly's dropped off. I guess this segues into the uh, MVP. Well, yeah. let's start there. Well, first off, just pick who do you pick in the East? Coming out, Boston. Boston over Milwaukee. Yes. All right. How do we bet that? Uh, well, they're close to the same uh, odds. I- I'll give you plus one ten. I'll take it. All right. So last longer. Best bet currently on uh, the Bucks from Dave Essler. Diamond Dave? That's true. Mm, to win the East? To win the finals. Well, let's listen right 
now. I love, and I bet, the Milwaukee Bucks to win the NBA championship at plus 310. And full disclosure there, we could have had them plus 650 in October. I get that. Not everybody does. Let's look closer. Milwaukee's going to have home court advantage throughout, and they have the best home record in the East. But wait, the Bucks also have the best road record in the NBA. So there's that. Uh, champions need to win at both ends of the court. We've said that for, for years in basketball. See UConn, third nationally in offense and eighth in defense. Uh, the Bucks' defense held opponents to a league-best 43% shooting, and the Bucks are seventh in points per game scored. Last year in the playoffs, they were beaten early by Boston. Boston beat them recently in Milwaukee, putting up 140 points. Some look at that as a mismatch. I look at it as motivation. Motivation to get back to the finals and a championship, which they won two years ago with four holdover starters. So they know what needs to be done. Phoenix, they're capable. But KD hasn't won anything without Curry. Denver has never won a conference title, which means this is above their pay grade. So I love the Bucks plus 310 to win the NBA championship. What do you think? I'm actually wanted to ask you about this because the numbers jump off the page at me, but maybe I'm missing it. So, Go ahead. this year and last year, including the playoffs, Celtics versus the Bucks, they're 12 and two ATS. A lot of those games Tatum didn't play. You don't, you don't advance from the ATS. No, though, they're only eight and six straight up. Only eight and six, but their margin. We talked about this all the playoffs is incredible. They're plus nine per game versus the Bucks, the other best team in the East. Okay, now I think they have a matchup advantage. That's interesting. Um, last year, I don't think you can count it. Just because, I mean, they, if I'm not mistaken, what was it, Mid uh, Middleton was out, right? Yep. I mean, again, you can't, when it's one of your big three, it's tough, right? Um, I don't remember it even feeling like a real, I mean, it felt like, like Milwaukee was wounded and it was like, yeah, they're going to try. I think if you look at Boston, you got to ask yourself, what part of the NBA season do you consider? November, December, they were, it's almost like the reverse of last year, right? It was like January 30th yeah. or whatever that they turned. I mean, they haven't, I mean, I know they've had stretches, but if you look at from, I don't know, the new year, yeah. it hasn't been great. It's been better this month. In fact, they're the number one team net rating this month. And I feel like a lot so of this people. This month is like five days. No, March. Oh, no, March. Not, not this month. Last uh, month. Okay. So they had a close losses versus the Wiz or a blowout versus the Wizards. They lost close to the Rockets. They had so these like Boston was the best team in the NBA. Exactly. In March. And you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, you would think they're the worst because yeah. they had those marquee losses, but I don't think they've been bad as people say. So what's the odds right now? Uh, they are. So we got to win the title, let's just say. Yeah, plus 350 is Boston. Milwaukee is plus 310. All right. And we're even money. All right. That works. Oh, wait, plus 110, I think you gave me. No, did I? What the hell? <laughs> All right. Okay. Last thing. Now, we're going to keep a timer on you for this. And here's the thing. And I, I believe this sincerely. Your ability, yours, mine, Fez's, Scott's, AJ's, our ability to look at things in a reasoned manner is what our asset, what our value is. I mean, I'm funny as fuck. But, I mean, <laughs> other than that, it's, it's, it's how reasoned can you be? Now, you have a lot of strong political beliefs. I, I, I say radical lefty. I don't shy away from that term. Yeah, but you and I agree a lot of the time. It's a weird thing, and I'm certainly not a radical lefty. So I think I would say of all the lefties I know that you are one of the most reasonable. Okay. Appreciate that. Now, live up to that. All right. It's my contention, and I'll make the case succinctly after you talk on it, that the MVP 
odds and thus the chance of winning was drastically improved for Embiid upon the accusations of racism. I got my numbers to explain why I think that's true. I'm going to let you have the first say in what you think. I don't think it's so much that. I think the Nuggets lost uh, tonight. They lost their fourth game where they were 10-point favorite or more. So they're, 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 let's get something straight. So they're, they have the number one seed locked up. Yep. So they can't do anything on earth to better their – they can't beat the East number one, right? So it's like there's nothing they can do to better their position. Well, they could get better finals chances if they had a better record. But, yeah, generally finals, that's unlikely. What I'm saying is they're behind, they're behind like Boston and they're behind Milwaukee in a way that – you know, I mean, it's one of those things. It'd be nice to have it, but obviously Jokic plays pretty. I mean, if we look at the games played, even with some of these rests, it's 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 Jokic has many more games played. Three right? more games played. Yeah, so right, and that's not many more. All right, three more. So the best that's going to happen is they're going to be tied at the end. Okay, so I, I don't think we can look at Denver. I mean, if we say, yeah, Jokic shouldn't get it because they got the number one seed and that just wasn't good enough. It can't, you know, I don't think that works, but go ahead. Well, I mean, since that, it's funny because their losing streak happened right when these accusations of racism came. So it's hard to parse. It's hard to say which one happened first or which one is driving the odds. But what I'm saying is that the idea of the Nuggets losing and still being the number one uh, seed, it, that, how can someone say I could, I mean, again, I, I can repeat the same line. How can you say the number one seed wasn't good enough? He, the team didn't do well enough. I think you look at more than just the seed in your conference. I think I personally, if I'm evaluating how good a team is, and I think a MVP is bringing your team to a higher level, I look at scoring margin. The Sixers have a better scoring margin. I, I mean, they have the same record. So, but under that theory, who has a better scoring margin, Milwaukee or Philadelphia, Boston or Philadelphia? Boston has the best scoring margin in the league. So then Tatum should win the MVP? I think, yeah. I mean, who's having – you're an advanced analytics guy, right? I generally like numbers, yeah. Are you an advanced analytics guy? Yes, Okay. What do the numbers say? That Embiid is the best player on offense in the league. Uh, that Embiid is the best? I'm sorry. I misspoke. Nicole Jokic this season and last season, last few seasons, have been by far the best regular season player on offense. This is a regular season award, right? Yes. Okay. So is he having a better year than last year? Uh, I think statistically slightly worse. Let me double check some numbers. I because at. here's my case as you look at that. So, Fez, you know this uh, this narrative, or not narrative, this story, the news story, is I think Perkins was the the guy that was out front with it saying, hey, you look back through, you're seeing, I mean, the implication, or he said explicitly, there was some racism in the voting, mm -hmm. that that some of the, 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 the questionable victories were white guys. Now, who were the, who were the guys, he, like uh, Dirk? Yeah, he said Steve Nash, um, Dirk and Jokic were the only people not in the top 10 to uh, in scoring to win MVP. Now, but actually Jokic was in the top 10. He was, yeah. He, okay. He was wrong. All right. So, but that started the ball rolling. And as I talked about on SOVAM in a long segment, I thought was it was challenging. It, how was the feedback on that segment? Any Anything interesting? Because, you know. You Nothing get, negative. You get into politics. You yeah. Know. Um. My point is, if you look at that date at the time, we don't have it in front of us, but I'm going by memory. It was, uh, what was it, plus 450 or 550? Jokic was minus 400. They were minus 400, and the Sixers were, oh, I'm sorry. And B was like plus 275, something like that. No, no, that's not true. 
Uh, Jokic was minus 400 and Bede was plus 550 on March 7th. Yeah, because someone else but those two could win. Is the, right. Yeah, yeah. So at the time especially. All right, so Feds, plus 550, minus 400. Now, starting the year and even into the year, Jokic was like 11 to 1, even yeah. though he was tearing up because the thought was it's going to be hard to overcome three, that this would be the third in a row. Yeah, he was 10 to 1 to start the season. Four weeks into the season, you could have got him at 30 to 1, and it didn't make any sense. His numbers were just as good, almost as but good as last year. But people were thinking he can't overcome. Right. right. But then at a certain point, the preponderance of evidence was like, this guy, how can't you vote for him? Mm -hmm. And thus, we on, was it March 8th? Yes, that's when Kendrick Perkin made his comment. At March 8th, it's minus 400 plus 550. Jokic is the big favorite. Now, Perkins comes out with his thoughts. Other people come out with their thoughts. I listen again to Bill Simmons, who I think is a good NBA guy. I, I get great insight from him. Is He says, you know, I mean, I don't think I've heard a bad word about the Joker from Simmons once. I mean, you listen to the Paul Moses. No, had you, no had you heard a bad word from him about, Never. I mean, like in years, right? Never. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If you're a white guy and you look how Jokic is playing, you're thinking, I could see me doing that if I was seven or whatever, you know, six, eleven. Yeah, and he, he has a lot of bird in him, the way he plays. Yeah, he's a, I mean, unselfish. I mean, the kind of, the, the lunch pail, the, the white fans tend to gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. Now, he's from Europe. So, what is it, Serbia? Serbia, yeah. I see, there's... I got to tell you, it was pretty badass when his brother, what was it with his brothers pushing people? And it was like, it was, it was two brothers in the league or something. They're like, who was that? The Morris uh, brothers or something. They got into some kind of like fight with. I don't remember. I, I vaguely remember that story. Oh, it was a great story. Like, like it was like the Serbian mob was getting involved there. I mean, it was like, it's interesting. Um, it's almost like the Russians, right? Like, like in the UFC, like, it, like usually it's like, what was the old joke in um, Naked Gun? It was like they talked about boxing. He goes, well, I don't know about that. I just know I bet against a white guy or something. <laughs> like in boxing was what he, was the joke. And in general, it's like, oh, okay, there's this black guy. There's a white guy. They're going to fight. Hmm. And then it's like, well, the white guy's from Russia. Okay. You know? <laughs> fight a Russian. Yeah. It's like, it's, like <laughs> it's, it's very interesting, right? And that show, after that hubbub started, and what you hear is these guys are saying, oh, I don't want to talk about the MVP. Oh, I'm sick of it. It's like, well, wait a minute. This is like exciting. It's like, hey, if there is racism, if you are someone that is believes in justice and all that, like a guy like Simmons is putting out there pretty heavy, that that's where he, you know, he's righteous. You would think that isn't sunlight the best disinfectant? Couldn't agree more. Right. If it is, if there was racism, if there is, let's talk it out. Because he was saying it was implicit racism, or, or I guess what was that the phrase he used? Or he wasn't saying it was overt, but it was subconscious. I don't think he used the R word at all. But yeah, that was it was subconscious racism or subconscious what's bias. What's the R? Racism. I don't oh. think Kendrick Perkins. Oh, by him saying he would never say racism. There's three white guys. Right. Yeah, he just implied it. <laughs> I Whatever that's worth. I think that's more than implied. Yeah. I agree. What else could it mean? I agree. All right. So I think you talk about it if it's true, right? Hash it out. I've always, wouldn't you agree, Fez? I would. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, there was a great line in, in Stand and Deliver. You uh -oh, like that. Oh, $10 is going to cost. Oh, <laughs> no, you can give the line. You just can't do the invitation. There's two types of racism out there there's racism, and then there's, you know, bringing up the racism and there being a bias associated with that. You remember that line where the, the, the kids in, in... I didn't see Field of Dreams, Fez. <laughs> uh, well, there's these inner city kids that are kicking ass on calculus exam. And are they white? 
No, they're uh-huh, they're, okay. they're they're mixed, oh. and so the school board invalidates their their scores because it was too good because it was too much of a statistical anomaly, mm-hmm. and anomaly. so anomaly. Thank you, and so their teacher, who's Latino, mm-hmm. comes out and and says, "We we all know imitation." <laughs> he actually says, "Johnny, we all kids. know these scores would never have been questioned if these were kids from Brentwood." And then the the school board guy says says there's two types of racism, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, one being what you what you're talking about. The second being you know ac- so accusing me saying, of being a yeah. racist. Yeah, but I tell you the interesting thing is, I think that some people would re- yeah we got let's keep the money, baby. We gonna have to get <laughs> oh, a little safe. Anyone got change? For oh, he's always, he, he's <laughs> always doesn't have change. Uh, you hey you got we'll is, there, is there a pink chip in there somewhere? I'll do it again. Yeah well, yeah you got one credit. You got <laughs> yeah, one yeah, imitate. If you want to do it now, just do it now. I, I, it'll happen. <laughs> it, it will naturally. We're gonna have dinner here like once every two weeks. All right, we'll bring. What was that play? Remember we ordered and spent like a hundred couple hundred dollars on food and you were complaining about it. Yeah, because the, what um, was the place you wanted us to go to? The 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 Texas Steakhouse. What's it called? Texas again? Roadhouse. Thank you, Texas we'll Roadhouse. Go, we'll go. We'll actually order in there with your money. Beautiful. I love. Get it. the warm bread. It's excellent. Unless Scott does imitations and we have to give him money to pay. Yeah, him no, I, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess what I would say is I'm not sure about. It. I would say if someone be- doesn't believe, like truly doesn't believe someone's racist, but they accuse them of it, I think that's insidious because it's such a, a tough charge. But I think if someone genuinely believes it. You know, it's, it, he's trying his best to, you know, find an answer. Even if he's wrong, I don't know how, you know, how critical I would be. I don't know. I don't know. I've never thought of I, that. I'd vote for Embiid if I had to vote. Well, because that's you, crazy. I know it's crazy. I don't care. They're both deserving. So, so what? But it, no, it's, but it's not about I don't care. It's like, who's the best? That's the question. I don't care. They're both the best. They're too close no, no, to call. They're too ca- but they're not. I'm that, not going to make. A, I'm not going to make a call that hurts my career well, when like, I don't have no dog in the fight. They're like. They're like equal. But but then then you wouldn't be taking your vote seriously if you had. No, a vote. I'd be taking my career seriously. Exactly. It'd be a very selfish vote, is what you're saying. It would be a very self-interested. No, I'd, I'd be looking at after my family. It's self-interested. Do you think the MVP vote should be made public? They made that change recently. I'm not sure if I agree with. You. <sighs> I think they did that because they didn't want people making ridiculous, like people doing like goofy things, right? So I like that. Yeah, I think there should be some. I mean, this isn't like the election. You know, this isn't like a constitutional right. You choose to be. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a coveted spot. What is it? Fifty voters? Yes, I believe so. I mean, that's a covet. I mean, like uh, Wasillo got one finally last year, and mm-hmm. he was like really happy about it. And him and Simmons take it very seriously. Thirteen. And I mean, you look at Jalen Brown. Their ability to give him a supermax is if he makes third team all NBA or not. Mm. There's a hundred voters actually. Okay, and, but still, it's a very you know it's a small group. Yeah, and um, that Jalen Brown situation is like tens of millions of dollars at stake on mm. this vote, no which doubt. which is stunning. Okay, so anyway, I saw Simmons at that point being very anti the Joker. Not so much at saying, but you know, I they have been losing, and at the, that point, they had lost like one of three games. I mean, it was like a very modest beginning of what eventually became a losing streak. And then he was talking about it was it, it was almost like if someone had paid. I don't think this is true. It was almost as if someone had paid him again. He made a lot of money from the ringer sale, so I don't know fifty thousand dollars. I don't know if you have to take more than that fifty million. 
And if it was like literally, if it happened in between that week, it would be the only thing to explain what he was saying. Mm. I don't believe that to be true at all. I believe something even more valuable or more of a motivator. If you're someone in LA, if you're someone who's woke or you're coming off as like, hey, I am, you know, what do they call it? Virtue signaling. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I don't know exactly what all that is. I know in general, when people are on TV talking about how Abe Lincoln wasn't good enough and they're in a college. It's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not. Yeah. It, it becomes. Yeah. But that's what they're doing because again, I've t- talked about this recently is people I know that are younger really are scared of being exposed. Yes. And I think listening to uh, Bill Simmons, it wasn't that he was saying Embiid's better. It was saying, let me put myself in a situation where if Embiid kills it the rest of the way, I don't have to say like I moved 180 at the last second. No. What he was saying, it was too close to call now. Right. He was he was saying that even though a week earlier he was saying Jokic is a clear MVP. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. So I believe it's not that Simmons is on the take, not that Simmons even knows what's happening. He just knows he can't stomach the idea. And I'm speculating here. He can't stomach the idea of someone pointing at him and saying, you're a racist. What makes this show great? We don't posture. We just have our opinions. Yeah. And I guess my question is, do you believe that effect is like, what else would explain Bill Simmons and his change of heart? And isn't that proof positive of what could be happening with other voters and what the odds show us seem to happen? Yeah. Maybe the most notable, most marquee NBA voter. I definitely think there's something to it, but I think without it, if you lose four games or your ten point favorites in a couple week period. When did, when have you ever heard that stat with the NBA? Yeah. Well, think about this. This is crazy. I'm a ten point favorite, all right, and and, and I why does how is that relevant? It's just whether you win or lose. I mean, yeah. it's like the public perception is the it reason just shows you how good the team the, is. Exactly, yeah. the reason they're a ten point favorite is because he's had such a great year. It's hard to, I mean, it's like I blame that guy because they lost games that didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's hard. And how's the stats from that date on between the Joker and Embiid? Joker's been himself, 27 a game, 64% shooting. I think he should shoot more. I think it's better for no, his no, team. No, 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 we're not interested in All that. Right. He's having his typical season uh, since this March 7th delineation point. Embiid stepped it up, though. He's scoring 33 a game. He scored 52 tonight in a big win over the Celtics. 60% shooting, a lot better than his season average. Right, 11 so boards, 50, four 59% shooting, is that right? Yes. Versus 64. All right, go ahead. And he had uh, so 11 boards and four Joker has assists. more rebounds? Yes. How could that be? Isn't isn't Embiid like seven three? Joker's like like Barkley's around mound of goo. <laughs> so so what we're saying Nimble, is though. there's uh there's in this stretch it was like five extra points for Embiid, better field goal shooting for Joker, more rebounds for Joker, and like double the assists. Yeah, and Embiid had double the blocks. There's different ways to you know cut up well, these numbers. I don't I, have that on the. I screen. have a question for McKenzie. Yeah. So when 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 the Joker slaps the ball, t- he taps it. And it hits off the rim, and then he, it comes back to me, taps it against the rim again. Does he get rebounds for each one of those? Not if he's on defense. If he's on no, offense. on offense, right? If it, if it looks like a, he was tipping it to try to shoot it, then yeah, you get Because he gets, all, like, orb. that happens, like, every game. Like, he, like, he gets, like, three, like, re- offensive rebounds because he keeps slapping it off the rim till it goes in, right? You've seen that. But if he only if he only misses thirty six percent of his shots and some of those are tip ins that he converts himself, <laughs> pretty efficient. If he missed a few more shots, he'd have more rebounds. Exactly. <laughs> right. So the season stats right now, because this is a season award, right? No doubt. But it's interesting. I think it's hard to make the case that that five points, or let's say it's seven, six points. If six points is worth um, five assists, better free field goal percentage by five points and more rebounds, at, at worst. 
for him or for I think Joker, it's an even stat, right? Yeah, I yeah. think that six and eight is the problem. Yeah, so below, playing oh, below but, 500, but again, the team. Yeah, but we're back to the idea that yeah. the team's number one seed. Right. So my question is, the season stats are what? And and what's the advanced analytics say? So my favorite advanced analytics is estimated plus minus. A w- website called Dunks and Threes has it. Uh, Jokic is plus 8.3. That means he adds eight points of value to an average team. Embiid mm-hmm. is plus seven. That's exactly what it was last year where Jokic is one, Embiid was two. And it was a clear win for Jokic. Yeah. Jokic was plus nine last year, the best season we've had in a while. Yeah. So what we're saying is it's Jokic's the best player in the NBA, and then over a point difference, and then after Embiid, who's next? Uh, Damian Lillard this year at seven. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's right there. All right. So the number, I mean, the people are right, right? These are some of the best players. So he's having a better season. Denver's the number one seed. He was a minus 400 favorite. Cry or um, not cries of race. I guess it's cries from the crowd, but but uh, uh, accusations maybe of racism in the past, uh, or, or covert maybe even I don't know coverts right. And what is it? With, latent, latent is the word I'm looking for. Like when you have something repressed. Okay. Yeah. But somehow, with this even performance player wise since March eighth, Joker went from minus four hundred to. Uh, Jokic right now, and uh, FanDuel put this up after the games yeah, tonight, what's is number? plus 650. Yeah, big change tonight. This morning, he was plus 275, but he loses as a big favorite and beat wins versus Celtics' his rival. Odds change drastically. So and, he Embiid, had, and he had a 50 burger. So Embiid basically clinched tonight. Essentially. He went from minus 225 to minus 470 at FanDuel. Wow. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. So literally, it was minus 400 for Joker. Over minus 400 now from B during a time at best, which is what, one-fifth of the season? Yeah. At best was a slight win from Embiid. I, and I also think there's a sentiment that Joker might well be running out of games, that he might not play anymore. Yeah. So is Joker averaging a triple-double at this point? I think he needs like a few more assists to get that up. I think it's 9.9 assists. He'd be the, you know, the, the second player since Oscar Robinson mm. to the average a triple-double. Listen, I I personally am offended that Embiid didn't play in that matchup in Denver. I mean, that had to bother you, right? It did. I wanted to see a showdown. I wanted what it. was it? Somehow he had a scheduled day of rest? Doc Rivers put his neck out there saying, it wasn't a debate. I wasn't going to let him play. I saw the way he was moving. I call BS to all that. It just doesn't make any sense. He was moving that badly like he was limping in, in warm-ups. I don't believe that. <sighs> I wish we could just play the game. <laughs> I, I will say to close, when they asked me, what's the odds of Embiid losing? And I said, zero. Like, what's it been, two weeks ago? Yep. Hmm. What are you thinking, Mackenzie? I think listening to the show is very profitable. I think if you heard that and you understood it, when it moved to plus 110, plus 110, you probably made some money. Well, Fez was batting Giannis. <laughs> he, said, yeah. is it, he said, isn't Giannis hot? It wasn't real strong, Faz. Yeah, well, he was nice until Sunday. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> All right. He's the man. I'm a you know, amazingly, I think that was one of his better appearances. Solid. No, but still. No, oh, no it's good. It's good. It's good. This is a... 
not Nirvana. I got to tell you, years and years and years, the guy's getting pretty good on air. AJ, I, I'm flabbergasted. I think the, uh, the, the reps on SOV that he was getting earlier are starting to pay off, pay dividends. It was weird when he said last week, I mean, you didn't hear this, I don't think. He said, if AJ needs any tips, I'm available. <laughs> I'm not surprised at that, actually. Take us home, Fez. Hey! Hey! Let's be careful out there. True that.